Welcome, Yugi. You've come quite a long way, but your journey ends now. You've never faced a challenge like me. Whoa, check out these fancy digs. Uh, hey, hey, buddy. How you doing? My name's Joey Wheeler. Uh, Yugi's not feeling so good today, so I'm going to be dueling in his place. Oh, you think that he can get out of his grim responsibilities by sending in a substitute of your caliber? Very well. I'm, I'm sorry, I wasn't listening to you. I was thinking about how I need to earn a bunch of money to cure my sister's serenity's restless leg syndrome. Well, if you defeat me, you'll have wealth beyond your wildest dreams. Ten thousand dollars, hey, US. Hey, let's duel. All right. Okay, and draw the cards, and one, one at a time. Oh, uh, I've got my first trap card here, as well as a powerful monster, your move. Ah, Joey. play a uh, roach the size of a bus. I'm sorry? Just like you find in Brooklyn, in the, in, in, in the sewers. Uh, you find a roach the size of a bus. That'll, uh, I don't really know what you played, but this thing is the scariest thing I can think of, so I assume he's gonna do just fine. You've fallen right into my trap, Joey, because I'm revealing the Roach Motel. They come in, but they don't come out. <laughs> ah, man! Come on with that! You can't beat me with just that, or my name isn't Joey Capicola. <laughs> Alright, so uh, let's see what else we got here. I'll, uh, I'll play, uh... <laughs> let's let's go with balding man and a wife beater yelling at three in the morning. I've never seen. I thought I made these cards. <laughs> Where did you find these? Yeah, they got all, they, they got their own production company up in Brooklyn, where I'm from. If you can't tell, maybe. Well, no matter what tricks you have up your sleeve, I can defeat you with my Millennium Eye. I can see every card in your deck. What on earth are those cards in your hand? <laughs> Oh, those aren't even the cards in my hand. They're just random cards I happen to be thinking about every now and again. But this one, this this one actually is in my hand. So I'm gonna play a uh, cat calling construction worker. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> my my lady mermaid is is deeply offended. Yeah, that's exactly how they all react. Well, my name is Enjoy. Forget about it. <laughs> Well, Joey, you'll forget about everything when I turn you into a card with my devil magic. Well, I'm gonna use my magic card. Come on! <laughs> well, well, Joey, your life points don't reflect your winning, so I'm going to keep on attacking with my gigantic laser monster. <laughs> oh no, but like gigantic laser monster took out my all my, my whole team. Looks like I'm gonna have to use Palamonamalization to fuse all my monsters together into a group of rowdy teens drinking at a Mets game. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> How can I defeat these things? I, I can't even look at them. And then I'll, I'll, I'll up their attack power by equipping this magic card. I'm walking here. <laughs> Nothing uh, can stop them now. I, I I only have a few more tricks up my sleeve. What are you going to do when I dangle your friends above this uh, pit of lava? <gasps> my God, there's only one thing I can do. Well, my name isn't Joey Gabagoo. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll summon the best card I got in my deck. Meatball palm with arms and legs and a machete. <laughs> Alright, I'm that's it, I'm tapped. <laughs> yep.
That'll clog your heart of the cars, Joey. <laughs> Play my magic card. Come on. <laughs> I imagine it's just like an image of a guy with like one of those shrugs. And like, just entreating the other magic card to then not work. We, like, have to, we have to make this now. <laughs> Roach the size of a bus. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you uh, for else, this what gift. What else could I do? <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, this is going to be a fun one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I I was so excited to try to do a Joey accent. <laughs> According to Ethan, it's the only accent I'm capable of. I don't know how true that is. It's up there. It is clear that I've done it very well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that's one of my go-to uh, voices for improv as well, just because it, it always gets a laugh, and it's so easy to just... Like, you can play it high, you can play it low. I, I'm definitely uh, drawing some, uh, some of the you know, over-the-top characterization of the Joey Wheeler character mm. from, uh, there was a, a Drawfee, uh, YouTube where they made knockoff Yu-Gi-Oh characters, <laughs> and, uh, they all kind of, like, made their own ones, and then the final one they made was the knockoff of Joey Wheeler, whose name was Jimmy I'm Walking Here. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty spot on. And he just always had a meatball parm in his mouth and, like, just, like, the chin jutting out. The hair was, like, out crazy far and no one could understand his accent. One of, like, when you get a For Kids dub and they change a few things. I love For Kids dub now. Some of the choices they make are just incredible. (laughs) They're like, it's it's not American enough. How do we really... It, it was interesting because you know there in in Japan in like the, in the source country there's um you know we we've seen this before this is this is well known the I know idea you're referring is, to it as the source country of the manga and the anime and all that I like I the idea that it is the source straight country straight from the tap. <laughs> uh it's the you know um in, in the in the original Japanese there is like a lot more there's a lot more notions of propriety mm-hmm. that people tend to follow so um you can have uh, a character who it, it's the same thing with like um with somebody who sounds dim being from Osaka yeah, I guess yeah. and but but when it gets ported over here we don't have context for that so what they do is they, they make him they make him sound dim by making him a Texan mm-hmm. or something like that that's that's how it works with um Azamanga Dayo is like mm-hmm. the 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 dim girl from the dim place just has a Texan accent sure. but um additionally uh there's you know uh people who talk too so, like really uh formally and people who talk very informally but we don't really have the same measure of formal to informal in the states yeah we so just have best... british to brooklyn that's it yep bakura gets the that gets the british accent and that's that's how you can tell that he's very straight laced yep and joey gets the brooklyn accent which is how you can tell that he's just the like a sh- the shame of his family <laughs> well let's set this whole thing up so that we can spend most of the time talking about joey and uh, pegasus <laughs> and pegasus really welcome everybody to the carton cast my name is ben my name is zane and this is the podcast where we review old cartoons to see what you think of them as adults and today it's time to podcast it's that's why i had to put my pop filter on yeah it's good yeah 
Uh, yeah, and today we're talking about Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, specifically, the it's it's Yu-Gi-Oh as we know it here. It's Yu-Gi-Oh parenthesis or colon the the dual mo- dual monsters because there's like right. a ton of spinoffs. But actually, this wasn't even the first one. Mm-hmm. It's a little confusing. So this was the first in a series of shows which started in 2000 and it aired in the U.S. from 2001 to 2006 on Kids WB by Four Kids Entertainment, which is just nailing it. Yeah. <laughs> Every time we go back to the well, it's good and not for the reasons we liked it as kids. Yeah, what was the last Four Kids dub that we like found was like surprisingly excellent? Ultimate Muscle, also, Fighting it was Foodons. Uh, fighting Foodons is right the one that I was thinking you. of. Where, like, Monster it, Rancher to an extent. <laughs> it, it's injecting humor and personality into a show that didn't have as much of it. Yes. So like... Bravo. Like, hats off. Hats off. Kids. Hats off. Amazing here. job. Uh, it's based on the manga of the same name, which started in 1996. You may recognize that as the same year Pokemon started. Um, it took a few years for the marketing execs to turn this into a hit because, so there was a 1998 anime adaptation that focused on the start of the manga's run where they're much more like character backgrounds. It actually has been compared to Kaiji Ultimate Survivor because they just do really? a bunch of like high stakes gambling and graphic de- depictions of what happens in the Shadow Realm. Yeah, I, I remember seeing, like, there was an interview with the creator of Yu-Gi-Oh! being like, yeah, uh, kind of violent, didn't it? Because, <laughs> like, you know, it's like, that's, that, that's, not the, yeah. that's not the Yu-Gi-Oh! I am familiar with. So so this one, the 2000 anime, they realized nobody cares, start with the tournament, uh, start at, like, you know, volume 7 or 8 in the manga, and just go from there, and it, they were so right. <laughs> yes, yes, they, they were piggybacking pretty hard off the Pokemon formula, mm-hmm. and what they figured out was, like, Make it like a game. Make it like a video game where it's a, like a tournament arc and you're, you're, you've got some goal at the end. Like, don't do any of this existential nonsense with, like, life and death. Friendship. Don't do any of this Egypt stuff. Just get your ass over to Duelist Island. Well, they, they do some of that. Yes, but later. It's just never at the forefront. It, it's always the game first and foremost. And the fact that it's a one-to-one representation of what you're doing when you buy the product... Um, I, I think that that was a very strong choice. Eh. Like, one-to-one is kind of not exactly correct. Yes, they are the same cards, but it is not nearly the same game. No, well, what I mean is, in Pokemon, you're going on a grand adventure, making friends and doing plots. In Pokemon the game, you're collecting Pokemon, but there's, you know, there's numbers, there's stats, and there's a lot less friendship. Here, That's true. You're playing cards, they're playing cards. You can buy the same cards. There are differences that they, you know, we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um but I think overall that was part of the deliberate decision to make this a multimedia marketing ploy. Yeah, and, and I think that it actually, like, you know, I, I have some misgivings about the anime today because it does one of those things that is, like, poison to me now, which is rely at, on the message of the power of friendship as uh-huh. one of its driving themes. I am surprised by how much I like it. That is because I think that this... We'll talk about it, but this cleaves much more to the typical, like, shonen martial arts formula. It's just a battle anime. Yeah, it's a battle anime, not a card game anime. It's we, exactly We've been bamboozled once again. Yes, yes. You, I, we, we apologize. Monster Ranchers I, I, wasn't about monsters. I think that this, I think that this is, you know, a typical quote-unquote card battler. It's just that in you, in the adaptation, in the anime adaptation of that, the, like, the beats, the... The ebb and flow of the card game is very similar mm-hmm. to what you get in a battle anime. You start in a disadvantaged position, you 
you know, execute on a strategy, there's an upset, you overcome that upset, you kind of do a final ploy and it pays off. At the end. Like, it's just, it's the very tit-for-tat sort of uh, sort of battle style. And uh, the mm-hmm. fact that it's cards instead of fighting is not, I think, an important enough one to change the formula so so drastically. Yeah. If you come into this expecting it to have the same rules as the game you play with your high school buddies, if you're expecting them to, you know, if you're expecting this to make sense and be cohesive in terms of card game rigid rules, it's not going to happen. Once you get past that, this show really opens up. I can imagine the person watching this who wants a harder rule system than what is here. But mm-hmm. the, the, the thing is that it, it doesn't really... You don't have the perfect information for understanding like what's going to happen. In, in a lot of battle anime, and, and I'll, I'll talk about this more later, in a lot of battle anime, you have more information because you've seen the characters interact and you know all of the, uh, all the stuff that they have. Mm-hmm. In this, you do not know every card in the deck. Every so often, you you will just be like, "There's only one thing that can save me—a card you've never seen." Him. So, like, you know, there's no yeah, Sherlock-like yeah. enjoyment of being able to predict what is going on. You just have to follow the. You just have to, you know, be along for the ride. Yeah, it's much more like I'm going to play my Celtic Guardian. Oh, that thing looks sick. <laughs> yeah, that thing looks amazing. <laughs> and I know um, it's going to get. If creamy, you're not into that, but... you shouldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs> like. So there were some key differences when adapting the show into English for the U.S. audience. So the show canonically took place in the U.S. now. Um, There were some character name changes. So, like, some of the characters had great names. Very, very cool. Yugi Moto, great. Seto Kaiba, fantastic. And then they're like, this guy has got a long Japanese name. The kids aren't going to like it. Joey Wheeler. Perfect. So good. So good. And that's, like, the reason that... uh... Yugi and Joey are named as such is because you take, I think, the kanji of you and Joe, and that means friendship. Oh, that's adorable. And that's that's one of the main friends. Like that, that's one of the main themes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think there's actually a, a card called You Joe Friendship, and like you, <laughs> and you get to like ask the other person. Like it, it feels like a real unglued magic card kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Where like the outcome of the card depends on whether or not your opponent will shake your hand. <laughs> like it's really it's really strange um the music was changed to be more moody um new intro and outro themes with a lot of synth mm-hmm. and there was a lot of editing content like blood and guns and making the monsters less sexual um some of the bigger differences come in the fact that they changed up the dialogue of course uh you know different references given that given joey that attitude uh and finally the cards themselves this was interesting they're shown as just basic sort of iconic versions rather than the actual playing cards uh, which they were in Japan. And this is because the American law said if you were showing the actual product in the show, that's a commercial. And that would have cost a oh, lot more to air. That's amazing. Hmm? I, I had no idea. Yeah, I thought like, it was just like, oh, we don't want like a mountain of text. Yeah, because of flavor of text wouldn't. on this thing we're going to see anyway. <laughs> well, and that kind of goes along with the uh, the design philosophy that I'm talking about. Is like I thought that that was actually additive. Because yeah. I don't think that this show is trying to get you to feel like you are playing the same game. I think it's trying to tell you this is a cool concept. What if yeah. cards could come to life and fight each other? Yeah, like the upcoming Magic the Gathering uh, TV series that they're that they're working on, um, that's going to be like a plot and in the world of Magic. But if they were to play actual Magic cards, they would have to do a similar thing. Yeah, yeah. I, and 
it's a little bit easier here because the the monsters are so much more distilled and iconic than mm-hmm. I think magic cards tend to be. Yeah. Like Winged Guardian of the Fortress, like that blue dragon thing is just like it's just a very simple design that's just it doesn't have much of an edge to it. It's not that complicated. There aren't 500 other cards that look exactly like it. It's just like, no, that's the Winged Guardian Dragon of the that's Fortress. The winged... Yeah, it, it takes the Pokemon formula and kind of extends it because it doesn't have to be monstrous. It doesn't have to be animal-ish. It can kind of come from anywhere. And because be you don't mind. have the evolution yeah. thing, you can, kind of, <laughs> you can kind of get wild with it. So the first season and the one that we're going to be dealing with the most is the Tournament Island arc. Uh, later seasons go into more depth on the Millennium items and other shadow games, uh, but it, you know, that's kind of a big ask for for us to do. This first, I, this first arc is really the most iconic one. Uh, yeah, I, I will think mention it's best the, received. I think honestly, I will mention that they change the rules to reflect the real world rules in the Battle City arc, which is also highly regarded. They do keep the life points low just because that really uh, accelerates the uh, the game. I, I think it was an, an interesting choice to change it up halfway through because, like, you're a kid on Saturday morning, you watch an anime, the show makes you interested in the cards, you start playing the cards, and then just as you're like, oh, man, this card game is really complicated and, like, the rules are actually more interesting, then the show is like, well, you know, if you're starting to lose interest in the show, check this out. <laughs> kind of like the first like taste is easy. Like, it, it gives you like a jump off pad that is a simpler it's a the lower barrier they give you a lower barrier to entry and then they crank up the complexity when you are ready for it yeah 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 yeah. and you saw a similar thing with pokemon you know the the game gets you into the show the show gets you into the next game mm-hmm. this uh this franchise is wildly popular and very commercially successful as yeah, of 2018 it is i think the highest grossing franchise no pokemon is let, let me let me look at that's, like that's there was, ridiculous. <laughs> I saw I saw I saw a thing a tidbit. Oh, one of the highest grossing media franchises fr- franchises of all time. Yeah, it's huge. given given the way this looks. That is very surprising to me because there is an aesthetic about this that is difficult. So what do you, what do you mean the aesthetic? The aesthetic is. Um, it, like there's some very anime designs there's like a lot of akira toriyama energy in the hairstyles mm-hmm. and uh that is a that is one of the biggest difficulties for me to get past so there's we, also yeah like so like everybody has like badass long coats that because i'm not 12 don't look cool well then the people buying the cards are 12 i i understand that you but forgot. like <laughs> no i didn't forget but like it it is it feels like a it feels like a uh, it feels like it has aged poorly because it is. It was so much trying to appeal to a particular demographic at a particular time, um, and the, the the there's kind of like I have some sort of supporting evidence in the names of the spinoffs. So, Yu-Gi-Oh is like the the main the main series. All the all the spinoff names, you can really tell that they they tried to baby's first punch up kind of stuff like how do we make this edgier and cooler for our audience yeah we have to so adapt. they just chose a bunch of dumb consonants and mm-hmm. like stapled it onto the back of Yu-Gi-Oh and that's the spin-off name Yu-Gi-Oh yeah. GX Yu-Gi-Oh 5Ds Yu-Gi-Oh Zexel Yu-Gi-Oh Arc V Yu-Gi-Oh V Reigns like it's like I I feel like the design of Yu-Gi-Oh 
from like a modeling perspective and also like the the names of all these dumb spin-offs really tell you who they are marketing it toward and i just don't think that that is it it distinctly looks uncool to me now i don't know how the original fans of the anime feel about it i like the anime at the beginning when it when it came out it now looks atrociously uh it's like mark it's like a like like a 40 year old marketing to a 20 year old yes it feel it's got the feeling of Uh, absolutely but here's the thing that's very successful and we see the same thing in in pokemon with new generations every few years i know in the in the in a lot of the stuff we're used to oh it's getting a reboot it's getting a a remake a reimagining every you know 20 or 30 years or whatever you know ghostbusters comes back Mm -hmm. uh, star wars comes back all that stuff you took she-ra's titties away and and they did um but here's the thing for Yu-Gi-Oh, for pokemon for a lot of these series they realize it's not like a generation can be whatever we define it as. You remake the same thing three years later, it's a whole new crop of kids who are getting into it. That's true. That's and, true. And, I, I and they imagine. have adapted it and like targeted it. The reason, I mean, I, I think like that constant updating of aesthetics might be like fatiguing for an American audience just because anime makes up a lower proportion of our media diet. I also just am not um, I'm not thrilled with the way that this anime has continued to accelerate down the path of bad hairstyles and edgy, you know, eyes and crow's feet and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody else kind of pulled up out of that tailspin and. Uh... Well, and it's and it's not even consistent throughout the product because there's some character models in this that are amazingly designed, <laughs> and I I tend to not hate most of them. It's just the main character, and that is a wild decision. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so, so, like, I, I can't necessarily say that it was just the style at the time because clearly parts of it wasn't. You know, like, it, if it was just allocated to a single character, Yugi's character model is so different from everything else's mm-hmm. that it feels uh, until like we get past the Duelist uh, Island arc and everyone just starts dressing like an idiot. Well, this this but, is how they tell you in anime who the main character is. I I, I mean, like it's I something guess they so. grew out of for the most part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's why I say that it feels like it sort of has aged out of itself a little bit. Is like I think that they were working with a different framework of how to make anime protagonist. Um, that I am thankful that we're past as a as a society. Watching this show more so than like almost any other, you know, nineties early two thousands anime shows when it was made you know you you can watch some classic anime now you know one piece is eternal naruto you know some of the the decisions you know some of the models have changed over time but you're looking at something that could be made much more recently this is kind of stuck where it is yep yep and and uh, that's uh it it is fine that we are are coming back to it where we're looking at it through it as like in in the frame of like a, a period piece almost or mm-hmm. through like a, the lens of a time capsule this was the way that it was i'm going to try to be as objective as i can about it i'm not going to be able to ignore the fact that yugi's model looks just terrible <laughs> Because it does. Like, I, I mean, like, even if that was, quote unquote, the style at the time, I'm coming to it from a particular bias and perspective, and I can't divorce myself of but, that. 
I am going to talk about how bad it looks. But when he turns into the Pharaoh, we can all agree he looks badass, right? He gets footy pajamas. (laughs) (laughs) He gets ridiculous footy pajamas that I don't understand where they came from. So let's talk about uh, what happens in this show. The, The idea is like, this is card game society. Everybody is ruled by this card game. Yeah, that's very shonen. The card game is derived from the ancient Egyptian shadow games where pharaohs and other powerful people used magic items to imbue the cards with power. And if people lost, they were exiled to the shadow realm. Now, shadow realm is a uh, is a uh, is an invention uh, uh, for the four kids dub. Yeah, because they just use that as a placeholder for uh, dying. Right. I think the Shadow Realm is way cooler as a concept because yeah. they don't really tell you what that means. It's slightly less edgy. Yeah, and that's part of what the softness of a magic system can really do is that get, it has sort of this element of dread about it that doesn't... Yeah. Uh, that 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 is kind of awesome. So one of the main points of this show is this weird dichotomy between they're playing a kid's game... They're kids playing a kid's game for kids with the stakes just so high. Absurdly high, Yeah. <laughs> Like, and the, the so the, the combination of the rules are inscrutable, everything is unfair to the main protagonist, and the stakes are ridiculously high. Guys, guys, we're in a battle anime. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's what that is. That's well, <laughs> Goku know. just enters the frame and he's like, What are you guys playing? Is that is that tic tac toe? Because he's an idiot. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so in this first arc, which we'll be mostly focusing on, um, mm-hmm. Uh, we mostly focus on these three characters, Yugi, Kaiba, and Pegasus. Pegasus invented the game, quote-unquote, and just discovered it. Are we focused on them? What? Are we focused on them? Uh, uh, mm? Kaiba um, <laughs> popularized the game. Like he, he, His company made a lot of the graphical interfaces so that people could actually like see the monsters being made. And Yugi is this young upstart who managed to beat him. Uh, and through a bunch of Egyptian nonsense, um, Yugi's grandpa's soul got stolen, Joey's sister Serenity needs money for an operation. A rice real bad. And so basically everybody ends up on Tournament Island where they are competing to get the chance to defeat Pegasus, get one wish, get money. It's it's pretty classic tournament anime. And the the I like the decision to start the anime with a tournament arc. Brilliant. Because tournament arc is good. Um pretty much all the time, and uh, especially <laughs> for something that is exclusively a battle anime and very little else, mm-hmm. tournament arc is the is the right hook for this. I think yeah. there are some uh, like mini arcs after this, um, where you know, oh, we met up with one of Grandpa's old friends and dueled his daughter for for you know to learn a moral lesson. Who cares? Yeah, there's like Duke Devlin and the Dungeon Dice Monster Brigade, which is where the the character models still uh, like start going really off the rails. There's like an Isekai thing where they get trapped. In, they're they're in the game world, and then they bring they're that in the back game. later. They got to use Catapult Turtle to make fireworks in the forest. Yeah, I vaguely remember this. It's, <laughs> it's, it's weird because uh, every attempt to increase the stakes from we're playing cards doesn't work because no. playing the cards with life on the line is is just an inherently interesting thing to watch. I think that in the Duelist Island arc, uh, where they have, um, the, the stakes are high inherently because Yugi got to get that granddad back and Joey's sister's eyesight's real bad. And Kaiba's trying to get back control of his company. Yeah, uh, there's, like a, is trying to there's re- like a dethroned prince kind of <laughs> subplot going on with him. Pegasus is trying to collect all seven Millennium items to, like, bring his fiance back to life. No, I mean, Pegasus is just having fun. Like, that's what he's there for. That's that's how he's portrayed. 
yeah, I'm not I'm not willing to accept any other motivations than he and, just felt like it and he enjoys, you know, messing with Yugi boy. Yugi boy. And here's one of the mo- the more interesting things about uh, our protagonist Yugi is he has this millennium puzzle. One of the items you can look up what they do, it doesn't matter, they're treasures. Uh, you know, treasures of rules. <laughs> yes. If you wanna, if you wanna call them that. Basically, well, well, hey, hang on a second, because like you, you, you drifted past it. I think it is worth pointing out. Like you, you had said uh, that it is really uninteresting when they go away from the card game. Mm-hmm. I, I can imagine that they felt constrained by it, but uh, or, or maybe that they needed filler. Like I don't know if it was actually in the original manga, but it says something for like the audience that they're peddling to a bunch of people who are interested in the card game you have they have to be they they, they might not want to play the card game but they gotta at least be interested in it because that's what you're doing here if you're mm-hmm. not any longer doing the card game you don't really have much of a leg to stand on it seems like it's yeah. got to be card game adjacent for for the main audience to still kind of enjoy it yes the card game is the means to an end but we don't really care that much about the ends Yes, um, okay. but we I need just that, we need that, that through line of the ancient Egypt stuff because that uh, that informs a lot of character motivations and explains how we can keep meeting these new, very powerful weirdos. I, I would have accepted something that wasn't ancient Egypt, but uh, you, you, you just know, want it, the tournament after tournament. I, I would just take you know tournaments at like you keep on crippling serenity with increasingly expensive ailments to fix <laughs> and make joey just he's gotta he's gotta go on the circuit he's gotta get all those gigantic uh, you know happy happy gilmore checks see so, i think so that he can get his house back i think it does work if for the only reason being that like if you're not having the rules of the game be the actual rules of the card game you need something else I guess so. I think they were just trying to evolve the fran. Like maybe it was filler, in which case it's understandable that it was like lower quality. It certainly felt like it was filler, but if 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 the idea is just that we're trying to evolve the medium into something else, yeah. I think that you still have to lie within the realm of card game. Yeah, and um, audience, you know, you can, um, you know, you can just check this off on your bingo card of Zane is more interested in the dumb lore than Ben is. <laughs> <laughs> That is true. Uh, So Yugi has the Millennium Puzzle, which allows him Mm -hmm. to invoke the spirit of the Pharaoh, which is this taller, cooler, more angry-eyed version of himself who's way better at cards. Another theme of this, uh, according to the creator, is the notion that we all have a hidden power within ourselves, that when push comes to shove, when we're up against the wall, it'll come out and, like, you know, take care. Like, we're stronger than we think we are. Mm-hmm. Like, the notion of having a transformation. Um, he wanted that to be a pretty consistent theme through this. And 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 the, the pharaoh that is trapped within the puzzle is the way that he tells that theme. The way that operates on the screen is that he gains several feet in height. Uh, it changes Nobody his notices. wardrobe. He suddenly gets a much deeper voice. And he screams a word that is not the name of the pharaoh that's coming out. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh? He I mean, he screams says, like, Yu-Gi-Oh. That is not what the thing is named. He says at one point, like, I've been called many things. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, Yami, the pharaoh. Yeah, it's, Call me what I've you been want. called several things. One of them is a lot like your name. And the name of the show and the name sure. of the card game. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just pretty incredible. <laughs> uh, the relationship between these two is kind of weird you're not quite sure if yami is like 
manipulating him or like actually cares about him or what his deal is it's yeah like there's tones of domestic abuse in there that i didn't follow through on too hard but yeah uh, subdom kind of thing (laughs) one one of the interesting like this this arc is so good like the one of the um yeah i didn't say it yet i really love this arc i think Mm -hmm. that this show is actually really good if you accept the uh weaknesses in the animation and the the dub this arc is um, like the first 30 episodes of a 200 episode series and it's right. widely regarded as the best part of it the uh that one there's that one duel where yugi doesn't want to hurt kaiba so he decides not to win the duel and Oh uh says you know well fuck this guy we got to save your grandpa i'm gonna win because winning matters more to me than safety like caring about your friends um and that kind of causes like an internal conflict Never happens again, but that moment is cool. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I think that that could have gone gone a little bit farther. Are we talking about Yugi now? Yugi and Yami and uh, their okay. relationship and how they inform both halves of this show. Okay, yeah, g- give me your heart cell. I've got lots to say about Yugi, but I think you have a better grasp on where we are in the conversation right now. Well, what's what's neat is this gets around the issue of like, oh, you know, I'm just a humble farm boy who loves my family, but I'm also the most powerful warrior to ever live. Um, yeah. Because it's just two different guys uh, and they're playing cards. Right. So Yugi is like, I love my friends, power of friendship. And Yami is like the heart of the cards. You know, I trust these because thousands of years ago, I used them to claim power in ancient Egypt. Um the relationship works for me. It, it it lets you do a lot of having a novice and an expert in regards to each parts of this show's major themes. I I still like maybe it's just because of where I'm at coming off the back of the Final Fantasy VII remake, but like I can't help but see a very unflattering characterization of their target audience in Yugi and Yami. Ooh, like seeing myself as a cool badass. Yes, it, that's exactly it. Like, yeah. you can see the, you know, weeb in high school who doesn't have friends who likes playing card games. In, 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 in Yugi, he's the most generic anime good boy I've ever seen. You can see people, like, drawing in their little trapper keepers. Like, they're drawing themselves <laughs> and they're drawing their, like, original, <laughs> original character do not steal form. Uh, uh, kind of thing. And his alter ego, Yami, is just the worst, dumbest edgelord ever. Yeah, oh, there was this great moment where, like, he's giving him a cryptic warning about the future, uh, and Yugi's asking questions, and he says, our future is still unclear to me. And Yugi just got these sweet puppy dog eyes, well, I'll help you figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, like, that's everything you need to know about these guys, is, like, one is trying so hard to be cool, and one is trying so hard to be a non-threatening beta male. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> like that that's that that is what these two halves are working with. Like I think that it is it is a, a reflection of an audience that the show thinks that it has with this is a this is a nice guy uh, but he's got like also this seriousness, which is like something I used to think of myself. So like uh you know, I I, I find it easy to recognize it in media. But mm-hmm. may, maybe that maybe that's me projecting I couldn't help but see it as a reflection of an audience. Everybody wants to be a badass. Everyone wants to be powerful. I think that, like, if you want to have an audience stand-in character who's, like, you know, a little bit of a schmuck but tries hard and makes it through, Joey's way better anyway. (laughs) Yeah, so that's the thing, is that, like, even given 
the fact that he's the main character, Yuki is not that interesting. Mm-hmm. He's just really boring. He's a good guy. That that's it. And despite his 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 character model being just the worst thing ever, and we will talk about that in animation. I haven't <laughs> forgot about that. I'll get back to it. The fact that he has very few defining characteristics and very few rough edges to him mean that Joey totally eclipses him, totally mm-hmm. steals the spotlight. Um, well, so- well, I think once Yugi evolves into into Yami, he's pretty cool. But that's only in the context of duels and like. At that point, it doesn't matter what you, the person, does. It's it, the focus is on the monsters. It's also like cool grading on a curve, you know, mm-hmm. like a pretty generous curve. Yeah, the spiky hair and spiky coat curve. Uh, yeah. Hang on a second. I forgot to check something out. You were gonna check how tall he is. I was trying to remember what the voice actor for Joey Wheeler was. Uh, this is Wayne Grayson, Michelangelo from the 2003 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There's actually quite a few turtles on this show. Uh, yeah. Also, a lot of people who were in Kirby, uh, Sonic X, and, um, you know, other other kids' dubs. Yeah, uh, so Joey's amazing. <laughs> the voice actor performance for this role, as we said, they have chosen to go with, instead of improper you know hoodlum like this is this is veering into that yankee hoodlum 50s greaser territory that japan sometimes likes to do with like yu yu Hakusho. Mm-hmm. um he's he's you know delinquent and that means brooklyn and <laughs> his voice is so good and like that that like the voice acting of this does i Kind of only remember this series fondly for Joey and Pegasus as characters. Mm-hmm. I like some of the actual, like, the the, the, the the storytelling of it. The kind of blow-by-blow blow of the each card, uh, each, each, uh, each uh, kind of battle. Mm-hmm. But this is where it really, really shines. Joey Wheeler is the classic underdog. And that's something that you always need in a battle anime. And it works well for a card battler as well, where... He's our point of reference character. Yugi already knows the game. Joey is just coming to it, and he is outclassed. Not only is he outclassed, but most of the people who challenge him to duels do it on their turf. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, yeah. They take advantage yeah. of the fact that he's a noob. Mm-hmm. They try to noob crush him, and they don't realize that he's got, like, you know... Friends. Well, I was going to say luck powers, you know. Um, Should we talk about the heart of the cards? We, we can. I think in, in relation to Joey, it really is important because Joey is a breakout, like, sort of a dark, heart, dark horse ensemble uh, kind of character in that I think he, don't quote me on this, I think he is more popular than Yugi. It would surprise me if he wasn't. I think and, he's more popular to you, certainly. <laughs> that, that's absolutely true. His name's but, not on the cards. These, these cards aren't called, you know, Wheelerows. I definitely saw... Um, it was it was some sort of article like fifteen things you didn't know about Joey Wheeler and like the 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 whole thing was dripping with enthusiasm for this character and part of it is because you know he doesn't have an ancient artifact helping him game he doesn't have a vast media empire giving him access to the greatest cards in existence he is making it on his own you know mm-hmm. he he's coming from nothing and he's just using grit and and a little bit of uh know-how and a little tricksiness and he's just making it work and that is yeah. so relatable he he samwised him he he's you know if there was any justice the show ends with him becoming the true pharaoh or whatever 
he he sort of well i mean like i don't really care and then turning away that power i do think the samwise thing is 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 not a bad idea like he's not in the spotlight but he should like he he is in relation to the main character like you get to see that Mm -hmm. contrast and he just pops so much better yeah yeah I, I think the Hobbit analogy works well because they're on this like walking journey where they need to overcome certain things uh, in order to gain admittance, and then everyone looks around like these people got in. How'd that? It's these dudes? Yeah. How did how did this happen? These specific dudes. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, don't you see how much they love each other? <laughs> like, how could they fail? <laughs> uh, uh, do, so, like, deconstruct for me what makes Joey work, aside from the fact that he's like voiced well, looks good, and like. He's got that un- underdog. It's the, it's, I mean, like, I think the underdog thing does a lot for him. Sure. In a battle anime, what we always want is for our protagonist to be originally in a, in a rough spot and to kind of have to weasel his way out. I'm thinking specifically of the second season of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure with Joseph. Mm-hmm. You know, he, yes, he is buff, but he's not, he's not savvy to the events that are happening in the plot every time a new thing comes at him he is ridiculously outclassed there's vampires there's you know there's kind of the equivalent of egyptian god cards in that yeah (laughs) um and and they 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 are you know aeons more power like like crazy like orders of magnitude more powerful than joseph but joseph uses tricksiness he he comes up with a strategy that's hard to predict and he executes on it and he's got just like this flair for style and so much personality yeah and it just it's i feel like it is kind of like the difference between the first and second seasons like i didn't really like jo- jonathan joestar that much because he was just a good anime boy mm-hmm. that happened to be strong at the thing he was doing joey wheeler is also like a better shonen protagonist because he like learns and changes and develops like yugi's deck is set from the beginning as soon as he loses those exodia cards joey is like i beat you oh give me give me that card of yours let me put it in my deck i'm gonna make myself stronger by learning from my goddamn lessons <laughs> yeah that that is really good yeah exactly and and that's he's also starting at zero like any anime protagonist should mm-hmm. think um you know think uh hajime no ipo Ippo yeah. starts not knowing about boxing. His whole journey, his whole transformation is about learning boxing from the very beginning. You get to follow him. Even though it dumbs it down far more than is necessary, uh, the show tries to teach you that dual monster about dual monsters in the same way that Joey learns about it. Oh, yep. it's not just good enough to have a bunch of monster cards. You also need some magic cards. Like, it dumbs it down too much. Yes. But the formula is right. It is teaching you the game <laughs> through this character. Mm-hmm. And, like, let's just also say, he just sounds better. Yeah, he sounds great. Like, I, I hate to bring it up again because I know that I'm b- belaboring this point, but the voice acting for it just makes the character so, like, gregarious. Let's, let's compare some of the most common cards they play because they say the name of the cards because they want you to buy them. Yugi will put down his Dark Magician his, his Dark Magician, Shadow Blast, or something like that. Dark Magic Attack. Dark it's Magic, dark magic attack. attack. It's the, every time they do the attack, it's the most generic like way to phrase an attack. Dragon Defender of the Fortress. <laughs> Fireball Attack. Compare that to Joey, <laughs> which the I feel like... The Wax Raider. <laughs> yeah, you want to say a few of these? Swordsman, Sword Arm of Battle. 
Salamandra Kunai with chain. <laughs> it's the time, wizard. Like, I could do it all day. <laughs> Not only are his cards just kind of funner to look at, like, Flame Swordsman looks amazing. He's got those gigantic pauldrons. He's got that cool cloak. It's way better than Dark Magician, even though Dark Magician, I, I confess, I kind of like. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, um, Yugi's cards have this sort of dark, mystical, you know, try-hard Arthurian legend aesthetic. Yes. <laughs> and Joey's are like, rough and tumble. I got a swamp ogre and a mountain ogre. Let's go. <laughs> and, well, his, his deck also, as you were saying, evolves over time. Once he gets to the Battle City arc, a large part of his deck is gambling-focused. Mm. Like... The Time Wizard is is kind of where we start in on that. Is you do a coin flip, and if you get heads, you win. Tails, you lose. What a well designed mad. What a well designed card in a card game that is. <laughs> um, but when we get to the Battle City arc, he's got like this thing called Graceful Dice, which you roll a die, and depending on the number, you get more attack points. You got Skull Dice, which does the same thing, but for having theirs. You have Roulette Spider. It's like this whole theme. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the other things, and I'll get back into it later. I love decks with a theme. Yeah. And that that is very battle anime, because every time you go to a new, in Yu Yu Hakusho, the Dark Tournament arc, you know, uh, all right, well, we already know Kuwabara. He's, he's got swords, and he's a little bit better at them than he used to be. But he, again, with a, uh, a breakout character, at least in my opinion, whose voice actor did a lot for the character. <laughs> And he goes up against this guy. All right, what's your theme? Yo-yos. We got ourselves a we got ourselves a game here. We got ourselves a classic sword versus yo-yo competition. Historically, I don't know how these tend to go. <laughs> I'm not a scholar. All I know is that Kirby is well versed in both fighting styles. <laughs> but 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 my point is like it is a like uh, so much of this show runs on personality. And Joey's got a great personality, and his deck has a good personality. It's a bunch of beefy boys, and then a dragon on top. <laughs> so did, did you actually continue watching into, like, the Battle City and, and those arcs? Or did I you stop tried. After? Bless my heart, I tried. Um, I don't think you're just, allowed to bless your own heart. I, I what, who says who? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't agree to these rules. You didn't, you, this, these were Battle City tournament rules. You didn't oh, read the, the, the errata. I'm allowed yeah. to bless my own heart. <laughs> Bless your own heart. Uh, yeah, so I, I did watch a little bit into it. It's not as compelling, I think, largely because I don't really think that the Egyptian god, pharaoh, millennium stuff is nearly as good as the main antagonist of the Duelist Kingdom arc. Whomst is? Whomst is miles edgeworth from phoenix Wright. like it's just a <laughs> phoenix Wright villain guys maximilian pegasus he is literally just a character i mean not literally but he's very 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 similar to a phoenix Wright villain yeah this guy is like cackling and plotting and like lording over you that he's one step ahead the whole time he's almost like a moriarty figure he's he's so what i like about him is kind of the same thing i like about joey just very well-defined personality and this guy's personality is a man-child. Every time we cut back to him, he's watching them through a monitor, licking his lips, eating cheese, and reading comic books. Yeah, watching cartoons. He's, he's, he's playing. So good. He's so playful. Yeah, he's the only one who's playing a game here. Yeah, he's having every, a great time. I know. His deck is full of, like, cartoon-related cards. Uh-huh. <laughs> he cartoon-related cards, and then, like dark mysteries of like 
this the, like nihilism. He it's honestly really kind of reminded me of Stanley Ipkiss from The Mask, where before he gets his magic item, he's like kind of kind of sorrowful, kind of bemoaning his life. He's trying hard. He's you know a hard worker, or whatever. And then after he gets it, he's just like throw that all out. Let's get weird. I'm going to be phenomenally successful. He he. He seems to me like he reminds me just because like that proper dandy thing that anime tend to portray some villains as like that um, the dandy flamboyant villain mm-hmm. reminded me a lot of the kind of the, any man in Sailor Moon <laughs> is yeah. that they all kind of look like this. He's got like that uh, that red crocheted suit with like I don't know if he's got like the the frills coming out like the the where the ascot would be, but mm-hmm. like. I see him like that in my mind's eye. He's got like the straight white hair to frame his face. That great, the Millennium Eye looks great on him. Yeah, yeah, the it's, little it's hair covering. So it. menacing, and he's constantly like reclining with one leg folded over the other one, and like his hands in like this reclining regal pose. Do we get a sense of why he is like this? I I think that he is just like I I can't shake the feeling of just like. What if Bruce Wayne didn't have Alfred? Oh, okay. <laughs> like as a, as a strong guiding, like this is just like to even him out. Yeah, he's he's just got too much money and power, and had no frame of reference of how to grow, and mm-hmm. so he's never grown beyond the child that he was back when. You know, he was like a little rapscallion in a sailor suit with a lollipop, and his parents got a vast personal fortune. Um, and then just put him in front of the TV and never talk to him again. And then that, he that, made that's a what it feels like to me. That got him a bunch of more money, and he's like, "Oh, great! I never have to change anything. I never have to grow up. I've yes, become he, successful. I no longer have to evolve as a person." That is exactly what he reads as to me. Like yeah. all of the stuff with him with the fiance and trying to get the Millennium items, I don't buy any of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he just wants to be there because he wants to play. He wants to play with his toys, and his po- toy this time is Yugi. Yeah, this this is a, this is a rare example where less backstory is better. Um, I think it's way better. Like I, I think that Pegasus works as a just uh, just a man child trying to have fun with a card game with using people's lives as his pawns. Yeah, and I want to compare him directly with the other sort of anti-hero, uh, you know, rival character Kaiba. Definitely Vegeta. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, so Kaiba. What? How, how does how does he compare? So. Kaiba is the Kaiba. Kaiba. He he's like, you know, he's he's the head of a big corporation that does this holographic imaging, but he's very much, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, you could tell me that he was a rags to riches kind of character, and I'd believe it. Um, he's you know head of stuff. He's very active. He's very serious. He's he's very involved in his company. He's he's kind of a polar opposite to both Pegasus and Yugi, both in terms of like. He's mean, he's angry. I don't know, but he also works for me as a rival, as somebody who is very good at the game, understands all of this, but refuses to believe in the heart of the cards. Yeah, I like him as kind of the um the skeptic mm-hmm. of of the whole uh, of the of the whole uh design the, of the whole philosophy of this show. Like that works for me. Um I like how you know, he's a pretty convincing character given the situation, and the voice actor really does kind of give that whole, um, that notion of, I'm 
driven to the point of insanity to yeah. accomplish this goal yeah. to the exclusion of everything else. He's he's sort of read to me as like Zuko uh-huh. is he's on a quest of sorts to like he really does give me a ousted prince vibe. I think Vegeta is a good is a good parallel because he looks at this guy who who beat him and he's like this is I a need pauper. to get I need to get stronger. I need to be able to beat him. The only way I you know, he keeps telling me I need to do what he's doing, but the things he's doing are demonstrably nonsense. <laughs> yes, yes, this shouldn't be working. And, and that that also works with Vegeta and Goku um, because um, because Vegeta is a prince and Goku is a commoner. Mm-hmm. There is no reason he should have that much power, and yet, because he relies on his friends or has the power of the, you know, the heart of the turtle shell or whatever the fuck, it, it, it just, he, Goku happens to ha- be tapping into something that Kaiba doesn't understand. That dynamic is actually very, very cool. The Yugi versus Kaiba <laughs> fight actually does feel pretty cool because it's like, it's it, Kaiba is not only fighting for his brother, not only fighting for control of his company. He's he's kind of fighting for his own philosophy. Mm-hmm. He's he's fighting to say your way of doing things isn't right. It's my sense of self-sacrifice and seriousness. It's only because I put my nose to the grindstone and put fucking put in the work. Damn it. Yeah. If I, that's what I, should be working here i didn't have a childhood if i lose to you why did i do that what was the point of it all yes (laughs) yeah and they never out like flat out say that but all the context is there Mm -hmm. like i don't like him as a person and generally you don't tend to like people in shows that you wouldn't like in real life so i'm glad to hear that you this guy works for you i like he does have his own sort of honor code his own sense of ethics you know he is fighting to get his brother back who was turned into a playing card let's not you know, this is, this is the show is still is very dumb. <laughs> well, again with that, that, again with Pegasus's powers, he puts him in a playing card because that's what people are to him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time you you go another level deep, it all works. <laughs> he, he yeah, but I like Kaiba he, because he's very driven. He sort of has the like, okay, this is how a different genre would be handling these events. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's like, treating it. Oh, my brother more was seriously. Taken, like the person from Taken. I need to do what the guy from Taken did. I've never seen Taken. Not me neither. Okay, cool. I don't even know <laughs> the name of the characters. Clearly, <laughs> guy from Taken. I assume he got Taken. Yeah. Uh, do we have any other characters we want to talk about? Uh, Bandit Keith, probably. Oh my God, Bandit Keith! So so Bakura and Bandit Keith are both voiced by the same guy, um, and I actually liked Bakura as well. Just because, like, he's this—he's—he's—he seems like a relatively minor character. He has a Millennium item, but it just kind of points things out to him. Yeah, it's plot. It's a—it's a plot item. And then every once in a while, he turns into this like extremely evil, like wizard kind of guy. <laughs> I like and evil Bakura, and I don't like regular Bakura. Apparently, this is just like a very low-lying plot line that doesn't get wrapped up until the very end. Uh, and I kind of like that long con. Yeah, isn't he like? Isn't he like the final bad dude? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I I respect what they did with him, even though I didn't live, I did not live long enough to see it resolve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it 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 doesn't go anywhere within the context of the parts that we watch. I do like Evil Bakura. Like I feel like his again, everything is does the voice actor read to me, mm-hmm. and that one did. Um, his designs are like Yugi's in that they are terrible. What I would like to do, Zane, here's a fun idea. Here's yeah. a fun task for us. Before we get to the good character designs, I want you to go to Google Images mm-hmm. and type in Yugi. 
Modo, and also Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, and just just look at look at the the model for this character. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna go from top to bottom, or bottom. Let's let's go from bottom to top, and just like we're gonna point out everything wrong with this character model. Okay, so he's got this, some real nice shoes. You know, he's got the wingtips. Uh, <laughs> what where am I? What am he, I supposed to be looking at? <laughs> no, no, he doesn't have shoes. They're footy pajamas. Like it is. It is it is the same thing as his pants. That's kind of blue. It's the same material. It. Yeah. Yeah. It it and and by the way, like those pants, they're so angular. Have you seen have you ever seen the show Code Geass? No. There are there's playing like a set of anime. Like this is this is evoking some real tsunami block vibes for me because there was in the era of the early thousands when we got a lot of our anime, um, our Dragon Ball Z and the like, there's this anime called Code Geass, and it is the the model for it is all sharp angles and like very sleek, starched clothing. And what we have here is just the the most cardboard firm pants and shirts and the elbows going toward the back and facial lines that are just so mm-hmm. angular. People thought that looked so cool. Let's continue <laughs> upward. Let's continue. The coat, the overcoat <laughs> on Yugi is is like a vest thing, which doesn't look that bad, except it, for that starching problem is is there again. Yeah, it's kind of like the other like high school uniform uh, uh, costumes that everybody else is wearing, but it, it is much sharper. And, the, and Yami, again, at least a foot taller than Yugi, has the same thing, but now it's a cape. No, no, no. But now it he's doesn't got actually, like... It doesn't oh. fasten to him anywhere. It's just hanging off of his shoulders, but it's stiff enough because of that modeling style that it stays on. He's got a tight blue like muscle shirt and then sleeveless and then a cape over that. <laughs> Let, let's keep going. They both got bracelets. Yep. They look ridiculous. They both the got Millennium Puzzle. The Millennium Puzzle is a dumb-looking thing as well. Can you imagine having that in front of you all day and just having like that line bump into your stomach constantly and you get a little line there? It is awful. It's it looks terrible. <laughs> and like it's got like it's not even like on kind of a thin thing. It's like on a chain. Like the chain is a fashion statement at that point. It's not just like you know, string to keep it around your neck or yeah, whatever. Yeah, this is this is like Final Fantasy wearing too many belts problem. It, it's a, yeah, so like it's like the chain is a fashion statement. It's not for utility. Let's keep going. They both have choker necklaces. Again, what era are we in? I kind of thought it'd be nice if only Yugi had the choker necklace. So like it was it was very clear the subdom relationship. But yes, that would be that would be kind of <laughs> great. So now. uh one thing I do like, which is the difference in their eyes. So they do this. Th- th- this show is kind of a very nice entrance to understanding what the different eye styles of anime mean. Yes. You've got big round eyes. You got Being sharp friendly. eyes. You got this sort of intermediate thing. They get a yeah, sparkle if they're good guys. Determined. Um, I like the difference as well. Uh, what I don't like are the way either of them look in isolation. Mm-hmm. Because they are... A full two-thirds of his face! They're so <laughs> large! <laughs> well, Ben, the eyes are the windows of the face. Yeah, well, these the it's just windows. This is like, I mean, like, it's just, there's no wall in your kitchen, <laughs> bruv. It's all window. Well, they needed to make more room on the forehead for the hair. This is, um, it's like a caricature of what uh, Homestar Runner, the Strong Bad, how anime looks. Yes. 
uh, caricature, that, that whole parody thing, this is what he is talking about. It's this. <laughs> it's the small mouth, ridiculously huge when it's open, small when it's closed, gigantic eyes. Mm-hmm. Make him all shiny and pointy. Um, so that is all bad enough. Blonde, and then spiky, we get early 2000s hair. The piece de resistance. This like the centerpiece of the entire garbage Thanksgiving <laughs> that this character model is is is. Zane, I don't know where to start with this. So the the there's a blonde aspect to it, which if you, so first off, there's this big purple star that serves as like a giant clown backdrop to the rest of it. <laughs> it's it's just I don't like it looks like his head is on fire. Yeah. It, his head is on fire. That's absolutely I, I've what's seen it compared to a bird's nest at times. I think the comparison <laughs> is very apt and true. And then it's, when you take that purple thing away, Yugi looks like a nice young woman with like this long blonde hair that is oriented in the same way that my Valentine's is, and yes. the big round eyes that mostly only the women characters have. Like, I like the choice was odd. <laughs> And and the blo- like I mean the angles on the purple hair is bad enough because it sticks out like a starfish. Mm-hmm. But if you just look at the blonde hair, the angles on that are insane. Yeah, it's it's like a like a bird's talons or something. It's like a Christmas ornament, and like <laughs> there's like that one little kink where like on the left side it goes perfectly down with like that zigzag lightning bolt kind of thing mm-hmm. that it does with way too much starch in this character design cuz it's code chaos and then on the other side it goes out at an angle like and then for <laughs> for Yami the purple also has yellow lightning bolt hair going up through it yeah um yeah almost like a crown which is like the one bit of subtlety in this yeah 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 to to reflect his greater power um so like you know, not great. This is a nightmare. <laughs> and this is their main character. And let's let's go over to Joey Wheeler, shall we? <laughs> Typing in Joey Wheeler for the eighth time today. <laughs> well, how could you not? <laughs> I just let's go to at Joey this point. Wheeler's. I need to at this point. I need to switch to incognito mode. <laughs> Someone's gonna get worried. I'm looking specifically with the with the green jacket. Mm-hmm. Look at the size of his eyes. First of all, uh, more they're, reasonable. They're still too big. But it's, it's, this is anime. It's, it's consistent with an anime. It's yeah. like a regular anime. It's not so big as to be jarring. He's, He's got, got a normal neck, which is a relief. Normal kind of frumpy t-shirt. He's got like that great big hair that tells you, that, yeah, this guy is not smart at school. He's a little unkempt, you know? He's a little unkempt. He's still got the Code Geass kind of sticking his elbows back design, which is not my favorite. Yeah, but the only least- pointy thing is the jacket. And the jacket is great because it he looks like Guile, but <laughs> if he had sleeves. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like his shirt, it's not like this like little like uh, blue suede number that morphs into footy pajamas. It's like a white t-shirt <laughs> with like a design on it. He just looks like a dude. Looks great. <laughs> so like, yeah, he looks good just because he looks like any anime dude, but it, it, it has personality. Like the, the jacket informs his sort of rough and tumble nature, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it's not a leather jacket. They couldn't quite go that far, but it's on the right direction to a leather. It's on the road to a leather jacket. Let's talk about some of so, the other great looking characters. Okay. Bandit Keith, I think is, I think number one with a bullet. You know what this guy's about and it's America. It's okay. So this, it's like a, but it's like post-apocalyptic biker America <laughs> where everyone's a robot. He's got a studded 
like he kind of clearly grew up during the 80s but then was traumatized like heard about the vietnam war at one point and got traumatized mm-hmm. and just like never kind of grew out of that <laughs> he's he's got like this studded leather jacket thing you know he 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 looks like he's in an 80s music video He's got stubble to denote that he is like a ripe old age of 23 or something. Yeah. He's got uh, sunglasses. His, he's always smirking, which is a nice little thing. His necklace makes sense. In, in the image that I'm looking at it right now is just like a series of rings co- connected by like this leather thong around his neck. Mm-hmm. In the anime, it is a cross, which I find <laughs> very interesting. <laughs> They're like, we need to make this more American. America's a uh, Christian nation, right? I don't know. I'm a marketing executive. He's still got kind of dumb hair, but it is saved, thankfully, by the fact that most of it is wrapped in an American flag do-rag. Yes, super good. Oh my god. It's the most inspired design decision I've ever seen. And he's one of those guys who makes all of his decisions with his neck, so like he's constantly like jerking around looking for someone to be mad at. Yeah, looking for... So who's who's the mark? Who do I scam? And I mean, he's got his little, like, uh, you know, his underlings sometimes, and that's when he's cocky, you know, sitting up on one knee. <laughs> I have never so badly wanted to cosplay as somebody. Oh, he's so expressive. As, ben. Bandit, as, Bandit, as Bandit Keith. You and me, Joey and Bandit Keith, we could do it. <laughs> and Joey Cabacoo! Come on! <laughs> non-existent con 05. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is great. Uh, look over to Maximilian Pegasus. Like I've already said it with like the the, the crocheted vest mm-hmm. and like uh and, and like the the perfect pristine hair framing his face and mm-hmm. like he's always holding a wine glass in that kind of aristocratic way. I like my Valentine as sort of like the the like you know action girl fatale. sort of sort of you know punk punk girl kind of aesthetic with the like it, you know you better take me seriously. She's she's definitely got a lot of like uh, femme fatale stuff in her. Yeah, in her kind yeah. Of whole... Like this is I'm I'm in a card game tournament. This is a male dominated field. It definitely felt like she was like uh, straining against the boys club that is dual monsters. Yeah, and she's like, I want to emphasize me looking good because it makes me feel more confident, and because I want them to underestimate me. The the internet is very horny about this character, and I get why. Ben, I, I, you, you didn't need to say that. It was understood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Ben, and the internet, I think you'll nice... find the internet is also very horny about, you know, gender-bent versions of every character in this. So. That's true. That's true and weird. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like 20 years to, before My Hero Academia made that even weirder than it otherwise could have been. There's a lot of furry porn. Let's move on to move talking on. about how the monsters look. Oh my god, they did do a gender-bent version of uh, of Dark Magician. I know they so did. so that you could understand your boner. They put that one in the game. <laughs> I know, they put that one in the game. Uh, don't Joey and Mai have kind of like a, oh, a romance thing? Oh, they're gonna, they're gonna bone down after the credits roll, I guarantee okay. it. I, what I also like is, is the thing that uh, not many characters get, but like... The ones that do, the decks inform their personality. Yugi's I don't love just because I, I don't find his personality that compelling. I'm powerful and things get even stronger when you put the word dark in front of them. Joey's is monsters and tricksiness. And that works very well. Like, it's mm-hmm. buff dudes. Like, he he's strong. Like, he's a he's a tough brawler guy. He's got determination and grit. But he's also kind of, he's also kind of sly. That makes sense. My Valentine is a relatively weak female monster that gets just a ton of buffs. Yes. 
And th think about that for a second. It's like, yes, I know I'm at a disadvantage, but I'm going to, I'm going to play the situation to my advantage so that I can get uh, get ahead. Mm -hmm. Going to kind of smash the glass ceiling in pieces. It's very cool. And there's other like theme decks as well. So like um, Kaiba is very full of himself. He's like, I'm the best, and he's like, I have the strongest card, and everything's based on getting to that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's there's like a zombie guy who's like, all of my characters are undead, and I'm gonna power them up by making them more undead. There's Weevil. There's Rex Raptor with the dinosaurs. There's Mako, the fisherman that everyone forgets about because they should. Uh, ben, I think you'll find it's pronounced Mako. Oh, I'm so sorry, it's <laughs> Mako Iwamatsu. That's right. Um, but here's the thing. This is something that I don't think came across as well in Pokemon because if you watch a Pokemon battle against a gym leader in the anime, it's like, oh, he's using only, you know, water a single types. element. I just use Pikachu for all of that. It doesn't, like, there's no strategy there. Yeah, it, and, and so, like, they, they do something else in that, and that's, you know, it's 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 because the, the nature of the battle is very different. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, because in Pokemon, all you need is the type advantage, and that's that's most of it. Like, honestly, Pokemon fans, that's most of what you're doing, is you're getting type advantages. We know what we're looking at. That's what we're doing. In Yu-Gi-Oh!, it is less interesting than that. It's just, like... <laughs> it, it's more of, like, what number's bigger, which is, you what, know... What number... Yeah, what number and bigger, and also, how can you leverage your... Uh, like, uh, like, what do you do when faced with a... Um, a seemingly unbeatable situation like that one it's much more narrative focused power-ups mm -hmm. i guess but but they're both the same style of combat is like in pokemon you've got a situation where like oh no um squirtle can't defeat this thing because it's not weak against water what do we do you change your map and that is all we have to do in order to establish our where we're at mm -hmm. in the uh in the thing like yes. we, we just have to put ourselves in a disadvantage, and then we can start doing the storytelling and the underdog thing. Um, you know, in 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 how about this? Pikachu has to fight in the rock gym, right? Yeah. So he turns the sprinklers on or something. I don't it's, remember it's exactly kind of bullshit. how it yeah. worked. So uh, let, let me let me see if I can elucidate what we're what we're aiming at in um, in Pokemon when they're on the where they're on uh, you know against the wall and they're trying to win they try harder and they win in Yu-Gi-Oh the characters try harder and they win but that happens by playing cards that actually work like there is so much more back and forth there's so much like aha I've done this aha I've done this and that sort of discovery rather than I'm going to keep trying hard for a few episodes in a row yeah I, I suppose so it's more dynamic it's it's have you ever like seen a breakdown of like a Jackie Chan fight scene where mm -hmm. it's the back and forth it's telling a story through combat right and, like, and th this is what I wanted to get at this was... is this is what it is this so let's let's look at the genre specifically here. The genre is card battler. You know the creator went on record of saying they wanted to make a battle anime where the main character never hit anyone. He eventually decided on making it a card game. Yeah, they were they were inspired by Undertale, I believe. the 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 main question is: Is this a battle anime? I think. Yeah. Yes, it is. Like it just straight up. Like it's, it's just it's, it's not... cards instead of chi. That right, and the fact that they're not fighting each other, like I, I know that Kid Rad 
gave this flack for being like, this is a battle anime where no one actually fights. That's so lame. Is it all that different <laughs> from, like, let, let's look at Yu Yu Hakusho. There's this, there's this, uh, there's this battle, Kuwabara versus Byako, this great gigantic lion demon thing. Kuwabara charges head first and gets his ass kicked a little bit by these, like, little lion beasts. And then he starts running away and goes like, you know, like, uh, and like the, the main bad guy is like, ah, you're, you're, you're running now. You're going to have to have someone else take care of this. And he's like, who said I was running away? And he turns around <laughs> and he's got them all lined up on that narrow precipice and just skewers all of them with the, yeah with the, with, with his, with his energy sword. So that is like, I am in a disadvantaged position. I need to uncover a subtle thing about the situation that they've overlooked. It's very JoJo's, yes, right? It's, it, yeah. Um, and then and then turn the tables. This is doing exactly that every turn. Yugi versus uh versus Mako uh in the in the in the battle sit or the 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 duelist island arc. Yugi played the full moon card and that made the tides come out and so now the entire battlefield is full of fish monsters and he's at a huge disadvantage. So he do, he's like I, it only looks <laughs> like I'm playing my Stone Soldier in defense mode. I'm actually going to use it in attack mode so I can kill the moon and beat your whale monsters. <laughs> I, I, I'm a big fan of anything where the solution is blow up the moon because I am a supervillain. <laughs> <laughs> because I am a dark pharaoh who this kid should absolutely not trust. <laughs> my but, name is Dr. Eggman. <laughs> the point is, you're in a situation, you're disadvantaged, you turn the tables with a clever twist yep. using a subtle clue that someone overlooked. And I think it the, is one to one. It's the exact same situation. The critical thing here that a lot of people didn't get when they were making fun of this show is you can only do that if you don't play by the rules. If or if the yeah, game, yeah. if if like things don't work the way they do, when uh, when Yugi's fighting, uh, what's his face? Who's who's making monsters and like uh, there's like a dark tower that powers them up and uh, oh panic. Yeah, yeah, very and unsubtle. So, for and kids so. Gub. Oh yeah, and and Kino or, or Kimo or something like these very bad henchman names. Yeah, Yugi plays you know the Swords of Light. It halts everything in place, and then like you say, he puts out this turtle, and he's like, "What? You're going to attack my life points? That's not going to be enough." And he's like, "No, I'm going to attack the Flying Tower." Now, the Flying Tower is clearly a magic card. It doesn't <laughs> like it physically doesn't exist. Like that's not how this would work. But you can not only hit it, you can hit the ring that keeps it floating. Such that when the like stun effect wears off, it sinks and crushes your monsters below. No rule book would allow for that. There's, There's no, no way. <laughs> like maybe if you were playing like a roguelike where they plan for every contingency, you could get away with that. There's no way you could put that on a card. Right, and and that is obviously ridiculous. But it was great to watch. It was great to watch. Here's the thing: <laughs> you have to suspend the disbelief that this isn't a card game. Mm -hmm. Like it's obviously. They're making up rules in order to make the narrative happen. Yes. You just have to follow what they're telling you. Yes. And then you'll be fine. But in, in regards to that, like, that's the thing about card games is, like, if you have the perfect information, you can't really, like, yes, if you're playing, it, like, I, I watch people play Magic the Gathering sometimes, and uh, you can be clever about, like, how you stack your advantages, how you give yourself out to the current situation. There's nothing really like an aha moment of, like, I can, you know, turn your werewolf's lycanthropy against itself with this uh, card that doesn't specifically work on that. That never happens. Mm -hmm. 
But since this is sort of a hybrid between, yes, it's a card game, but yes, it's also sort of a battle anime, you have to give it the wherewithal to be messy. But when you do, it makes moments that are great. This, a version of this kind of storytelling happened to me in real life where I was overhearing somebody talking about a collectible card game, Netrunner, which I've never played. I don't know the rules. I recognize that there was some sort of like futuristic theming. This guy talks for 10 minutes to an interested party who's just sort of like, yeah, uh uh-huh, oh, really? What happened then? And he goes on for 10 minutes, and he's like, and then I played this card, and we comboed with that into this, boom, 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 draw a card, draw a card. I am transfixed. I don't understand what's happening, but the storytelling doesn't rely on me understanding the rules. (laughs) No, you just need somebody who's excited about it. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And this is true in any kind of game. I was playing a D&D game once where uh, I was in a sewer, for whatever reason, we were fighting a guy whose AC was way too high for us. He was mm-hmm. like a big enforcer who's blocking our progress to the temple or some stuff like that. And none of us could make a scratch on him. And so, like, I'm a, I'm a wizard character at the time. I'm like, none of my spells will actually do that big of a, wait a second, what if? And I'm like, this is, you know, is the, gla- is the gas down here flammable? And he's like, uh, sure. I'm going to use this spell spark. It's a cantrip that ignites flammable <laughs> surfaces. That definitely doesn't state anywhere in the rules that it can cause an explosion. But, like, the, D- the DM wanted it to work. Yep. And I wanted it to work. And it was a cool moment where, like, you notice something in the environment. And that lets you turn the tables. Mm-hmm. You know, and in that way, this can be kind of a Sherlock sort of story where you're you're noticing these minute details. This is something that JoJo's Bizarre Adventure does amazingly, is you're in a disadvantaged situation and you turn the tables because you've noticed something small. Yeah, yeah. You're using your mind to, you know, take control of a situation that only happens once in a long while. A, a millennium puzzle, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, and the, the anime is full of these little moments. Like, mm-hmm. this water thing just used a water attack, and that, uh, you know, that's going to let my lightning character shoot him from a distance because it follows the water back to the source. Like, mm-hmm. there's no rules for that. Obviously, there's no rules for that. But it's cool to watch him kind of unravel the softer edges of this card game holographic projection nonsense. I... I, I agree. I think that this show really, like, understood what the point was. Um, yes. I actually looked into, like, the game's rules again and looked at, like, how the flow of an actual real game battle works. And that kind of flow is is true. Like, you're just trying to get the strongest thing or to remove your opponent's, you know, cards or whatever. But there is that back and forth. You You go on the offensive until your enemy puts out a card with a higher power through one way or another. And then you're on the defensive and you're trying to get your own kind of, you know, reverse their... Uh, reverse their fortunes yeah it, it's it's all about that ebb and flow it's about like not putting too much of yourself at risk but also having uh, something like you know pushing your advantages while you can mm-hmm. and protecting yourself when you can't and i don't know like you said it like any martial arts kind of thing is just it's that ebb and flow of combat where you're constantly looking for the way to break through their defenses for the way to let to get past their strengths and Shore up your weaknesses. Yeah, and that is why I don't mind when, in the TV show, people will take three turns in a row and not attack, and we just kind of move on. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, and that's the that's the weakness of this, is that since we are in the card battler format, if you have any knowledge of card games, you are like, that is 
the dumbest thing I've this ever is seen. Infuriating. You it's are, infuriating. You have to be led by the hand in the storytelling. Yes. Yeah. Because watching someone be like, "Well, I've got the strongest card I I I need, so there's no reason to play additional cards. There's no need to, you know, work around their traps. This card is way too powerful to beat." Um, so I'm just going to draw cards and do nothing for five turns while my guy attacks and kills all their defenses. Like, that's not how the game would work. That's not how any card game would work. Right. You'd be constantly looking and trying to analyze what could they do to get back at me. And in Kaiba's case, that can be ego, but, like, that, you know, it runs thin after a while. I mean, com- and combine that with, um, you know, the stakes of the situation where, like, oh, yeah, you know, you hurt my monster. No, 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 we've hooked up the monster to this, like, pyrotechnic so that if you lose life points, we will set you on fire. Let's, like, talk, about the, <laughs> let's talk about the cinemat- cinematics of this a little bit. Yeah, yeah, so this is part of Kaiba's new holographic technology where they have these huge, like, I don't know what you would call them, like an arena that you can get to by an escalator. <laughs> yeah, it's... um. Yeah, it's I don't know. You're, it's you're like a big raised. inflatable bounce castle, but instead of bouncing, it's fighting. Something like that. Like <laughs> I, you know, if uh, if you've gotten this far in the show, you know you probably know what you're, we're talking about. <laughs> it's like these dueling platforms that are what constructed over this entire island. Can you like imagine? Like yeah. every every bit of this reinforces the fact that Pegasus just did this for fun. I, this is why fun. I think they might actually be like bounce castles, and people are just kind of ignoring that. Later on, Kaiba comes up with these like. I don't want to say they're cool because they're cool to because like a very specific thirteen-year-old version of me. But I think they're cool. Where <laughs> these like wrist gauntlets yes. that extend out, weird, like ugh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah it's it's extremely bad and dumb. Like, and they have those, like uh, these like spinning tops, like Beyblade it, type things. That's this version of it. Once you get to the Battle City arc, there's um, there's like the 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 gauntlets that have yeah. the entire game mat out extends outward yeah and you do that because you need to be able to stand while you're playing this because otherwise you look extremely uncool um so you stand in like a city block and you've got like this gauntlet with a bunch of cards face down you would not be able to play the game if you had that gauntlet on you need two hands to hold your hand and select cards where's your deck if if you're using (laughs) both hands one of your arms is not like exactly horizontal to be able to be used as a field so this is why, uh, you know, they have to rely on the heart of the cards. Can we talk about that for a minute? <laughs> uh, sure. I, I'm, I'm down with that. It's, it's basically just their way of getting out of uh, a, a tight spot by letting them draw at the time they need the exact right card because they believe in themselves. They invoke a day ex machina. I'm not sure how literal it is. I think it it could have been done better. Like, I think that you could have had more strategy and more preparation without having to compromise the fact that you're taking liberties with the game's rules. Um, but they just, they decided that this was easier. Yeah. I, I mean, like it's, it's been uh, made fun of a lot. It, of course it has, because it's absurd. Like this is not a, this is not a thing where like in Dragon Ball Z, you, you know, you think about how pissed off you are and it makes you stronger. Or you remember what you're fighting for and it makes you stronger. In Yu-Gi-Oh, you want to draw the right card, so you do. Like, there's there's a scene missing in there somewhere. <laughs> it's it, it doesn't actually, that can't actually happen. You know, mm-hmm. this is a deck of cards. You can't reshuffle it with your brain. Unless maybe because of Egyptian god powers, you can. Reshuffling I distinctly sounds like remember, a puzzle power, yeah. Yugi looking very intently at Joey when he wanted to draw the right card. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he did. 
So yeah. it's not clear to me whether this is magic stuff going on or just, you know, they're being rewarded for their uh, for their faith in their deck. But uh, it is not the best aspect of uh, of the drama. Like, I think the drama in general is is better when they ha- when they suddenly notice a thing they haven't noticed before. Yeah. And they oh, can turn I the forgot, tables. I forgot that I had this weak thing out on the field in defense mode. What can I do with that? <laughs> what can I do with that? Oh, my God. Oh my god! You forgot that I had a trap card, Yugi. <laughs> yeah. Well, you forgot about this creepy guy sitting next to you in the subway. <laughs> oh no. Um. So, so I think it's better when they cleverly find a way out of their current predicament. Like, yes. you know, oh, this creature can't get to that other one. Well, I'm going to use this mystic box card to not only skewer that creature but change places with this creature so now i'm in attacking range and that's how we'll win yeah like that's that's a clever way to get around what's going on or using brain control to launch your own creature at the wall that's in your way this is not a balanced game no it's not a balanced game (laughs) and again you just have to follow them they're leading you by the hand you have to follow Mm -hmm. but i think that that way of comeuppance and like Finally, yes, I've 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 figured out a way to get past this impossible situation is much worse when it is dependent on the drawing of a card that you just hope is good enough to yeah. get you out of this bind. Yeah, it's it's an aspect of the show that I accept without like loving. Yeah, ex- same same thing here. I kind of rolled my eyes whenever they like spent a long time emphasizing that it all comes down to this. I'm really worried. What if I don't draw the right card? No, I have to believe in myself. <laughs> yeah, it's it because it, that does. Yeah, it doesn't read to me. Is it is it kind of like the Matrix, where like you only know kung fu if you think you do? Mm, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's more like they're getting back into that. There is a strong person inside of me that I just have to. Yeah, it's, it's part of the henshin transformation aspect of this. Sure, where you have to believe in yourself is is you know that's always going to be the shonen kind of formula. This is kind of the only way that they can do it. Mm-hmm. I don't love it either. And they, they, they really lean pretty hard on that because how else do you finish a card game other than like, I got no, I've got no, uh, you know, I got no outs left. I got to draw something. Oh boy, better be good. Yeah. Like if you look at it logically, that is the only way you can add stakes and drama to the moment. But, uh, it is, it is not a very effective one and it loses me pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to the presentation aspect of it, yeah. I think it is cool that these are cards that you can buy and you get to see them animate. Yes. Like the, the fact that the part of what this series, this series could have failed in so many different ways. They could have not understood how hard the rules needed to be versus how soft they needed to be able to like attack the castle somehow. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff, like it's a precarious balance that they threaded just, just well enough. The fact that they started in a tournament arc perfect you know way to introduce us to this before complicating the gameplay like there's a lot of little decisions that make this just work one of them are the fact that we've got the holographic projections of all these cards cards that they are trying to sell you cards which are very iconic yeah the dark magician has that little finger wag <laughs> when he's like the magician never reveals his secrets it's just a lot smirking. of personality it's so much personality and the sound effects are vital for this yeah and so, like, each of the creatures have their own verbal little flourishes. Like, the Flame Swordsman has that deep grunt. The Karibo has that little chitter. And the Dark Magic Attack has, like, its own iconic sound effect for that. hmm Yeah, and, like, 
this is meant to be played by people. You can buy a pre-made like this is Yugi's deck. You can play with it deck. Um, and you can, you, you know, it's it's the same idea as the action figure, except now you can also buy more cards on top of it, kids. Some of the some of the creatures even have their own enter the, enter the battlefield music, like the red eyes black dragon. Mm-hmm. It's got like that little stinger lame-up. He's like, <laughs> it's awesome. It makes you want to have the card. It wants you. It it wants. It makes you want to buy the card. It makes you want to buy specific cards. The polymerization card, which is like part of a huge mechanic, but was actually kind of hard to get in booster packs. Like or like. The very first pack I buy and I get a part of Exodia and I'm like, what the hell? If you don't watch the show, you're going to feel ripped off. If you do watch the show, you're going to feel awesome and want to buy more. Right. I found I, I, I bought a couple of packs back in my day. One of them was Time Wizard. It was dope. So dope. But then I was like, then I then I was, you know, in that era where like I realized that I spent my day going to the mall by myself, buying cards, getting a card that I will never play with someone and then just immediately felt terrible. Oh, I'm sorry. So, so, so you know, like there's there's that aspect to to this as well is that you can't actually play the. Cards there are a one. lot of Yu-Gi-Oh video games where you can play all the different cards uh, without having to buy them separately. I think that that is the better market for this. Mm-hmm. But 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 by, by this point, there's over like ten thousand cards, and they get really complicated. Yeah, some of them are burgers, and they never really fixed the fact that like there's no real real reason to have like one or two star cards. Yeah, that it's 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 an unbalanced bad game. <laughs> like the Dual Monsters is bad. It's a, it it's a bad game that it's a bad game that people shouldn't play. But the anime is good. <laughs> uh, yeah, but but my point is that the sound effects really help personalize all of these little because they're just you know they're stats. Yes. They're stats, one of which beats the other one. But you're you're hyped to see Garuzis using Kunai with Chain because it's yeah. got that great little sound effect. And mm-hmm. it's accompanied by Joey very excitedly exclaiming, Kunai with chain. It's it, There's just a ton of personality to playing cards, like each card. Um, yeah. And because you see them again and again, like odds are you're going to get a few of them and then you'll say the thing and then you'll buy them more. Because like at the end of the day, what you're looking at is two nerds playing cards at like a, you know, during lunch. Mm-hmm. The context is... And the personality of it is really what helps this be a good show. Like, I've, I've, I don't know if I've before seen something where the content was so mundane and not interesting, and the paint that they use, like the 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 actual costumes that they put onto this show to make it pop, were so um, so important to its success. Yeah, even more than Food Wars, which is like, I, uh, unpack that for me, like. Food Wars, you take a normal thing like cooking and you make it look great and you make it a part of this, you know, tournament. You make it part of this grand thing and it, and, uh, it makes you want to eat the food. I think this actually enhances further. Wow. <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's a little fantastic. Well, I mean, like, I get what you mean, though, because... Because I, like, cook- I see- like, cooking on its own is actually pretty good compared to card game, you know, less so. When I see the Dark Magician, I'm excited. I'm not I saying this is a better anime than Food Wars. Let me let me make that clear. I, I'm, I'm hyped to see the Dark Magician, not because I think that it's a cool card, but because its presence on the screen, they've taught me to enjoy it being there. Because I know yes. it's going to have some magical hat nonsense. Yep. And he's going to do that finger wag like Sonic. <laughs> and it just makes me, it just it makes my inner child glow. <laughs> Your inner child is, is Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> yeah, it's Ben the Hedgehog, yes. 
Oh man, Dark Magician the Hedgehog. That would be an amazing <laughs> meme if uh, you know the 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 idea of googling your own name with the with the hedgehog, and there's something that always pops up. Are you familiar with that meme? Uh, yes, I'm familiar with that meme, and now I've typed in Dark Magician the Hedgehog, and it's there too. Yo, let me see it. I have to watch. <laughs> I have to look at this. I mean, it's not good. I don't know what you're I don't expecting. Care. <laughs> oh, but Dark it's Magician this. Girl it's Hedgehog this. is it's good. This. It. It's this. I was expecting this. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! A lot of dark magician girl pinups. Yeah, it's it's almost as though it's the first girl that they've ever seen. Yeah, a lot of these. Again, like back to that element of it that feels pandering in a way that I'm not crazy about. She's wearing a lot of blush. I like the dark magician. What if I could have sex to it? <laughs> well, you can. Yuki. Well, what if? <laughs> Um, how about the music, the soundtrack? The soundtrack, uh, so they're, like I said, it's a little moodier, a little less upbeat than the Japanese one. Um, I didn't pay too much attention to specific tracks. I just know that it, it, you know, kept the atmosphere of we're, we're fighting and the stakes are high throughout. It's, it's got some bombastic classical music that I like. There's a little bit of crunchy guitar for Bandit Keith specifically. Yeah, yeah. That I, little, I thought was like very motifs. appropriate. A lot of synth love the synth because like look at where we are we're playing cards and we're doing hologram projections like it's yes, the future it should of be gaming yeah it yes it should be synth it should be synth enm kind of kind of shit um the intro uh music was written by international blues artist wayne sharp on the album music to duel by <laughs> <laughs> Um, the whole notion of calling it dueling is amazing. Because <laughs> the game they're playing is Duel Monsters. The game we're playing is called Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> <laughs> it's time to duel. There's this one great part in the dub, I think during the Weevil Underwood fight, mm. where Weevil says something snarky, and <laughs> Yugi's response is just to shout, Duel! <laughs> <laughs> he's he's kind of only got the one verb. <laughs> It's duel and banished to hell. <laughs> it's a very medieval society. I I really the the notion of it being dueling is back to that um it, it kind of like the ultimate muscle thing where like the content of it is so silly but the context of it is so serious. Mm-hmm. And that dichotomy is really what helps this pop. And I don't think that I'm appreciating it on the level that it is meant to be appreciated on. Like, I think that I think that the people who made the anime wanted me to think it was cool the whole time. But what I get out of it is this beautiful dichotomy of, like, like uh, of, like, them dueling with everything feeling like a life or death situation yeah. if we don't win this duel we would be trapped in a labyrinth till the end of our days i play kunai with chain <laughs> maybe <laughs> like... take more than a second to plan out your move joey <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, i mean it the show's kind of a rorschach test to see you know are you 13 or are you 30 <laughs> yeah and you can enjoy it either way and i think that's so amazing like um, the camp of this is just off the charts and it's yes. so it's so not self-aware that is just very endearing yes uh, it doesn't I, realize how funny it looks. I think that does come out also in the intro, which is a great encapsulation of the show as a whole, and I'd like to go through it. Previously on Yu-Gi-Oh! And the cards <laughs> come in front of him. So the intro theme 
uh, it has some instrumentation from like Middle Eastern uh, music uh, that invokes the ancient Egypt aesthetic. It's got mm-hmm. strong bass and drums for the modern flair. And it's got the soaring chords of like an epic superhero movie. And everybody gets these like glamour shots. Yeah. So it's trying to play you up, but also you're just constantly seeing cards being played. So I think that that plays into that dichotomy you mentioned. Y'all um, move. We see the main three characters, the main, you know, Yugi, Kaiba, and Pegasus. Joey Wheeler. Uh, you and I agree, but... <laughs> I'm just saying, like, there's a reason he keeps showing back up. I just like the way they're portrayed in the intro. Like, Yugi is showing off some sort of duality and everything. Kaiba's falling and fighting. You know, when, when they do the close-ups of all the characters, all of Yugi's friends have this glint in their eyes that show that they're young and hopeful, and Kaiba does not. Do you mind if I look at the Yugi Yu-Gi-Oh yeah, yeah. intro real quick? Because I actually skipped it each time because I really wanted to get to the Paradox yeah. Brothers. And Pegasus is surrounded by a literal wall of cards. Like, he holds all the cards, and he's using the Millennium Eye to turn one over. And there's, like, a lot of interaction directly between the people and the monsters, which makes it feel much more like the battle anime we've talked about. I, I, just, I just really like what they did with this intro. I'm, uh, I'm looking at it, so just give me one second here. Yep, we got the mirror thing. Swirling. Uh, clip show, very fast. Summon Skull is cool. That guy I don't recognize. Dark Magician, Dark Magic Attack! <laughs> He's riding Curse of Dragon, which is sweet. A uh, bunch yeah. of other stuff I don't have context for. Oh, yeah, with, like, the... And, and like that yaw move and it's got a uh, pegasus on the one side and yugi on the other and they both are glowing sexual energy yeah this, and, and this weird edm backdrop yep 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 oh man it's very good now compare this to the Yu-Gi-Oh! gx intro which is oh yeah i remember that one it's very uplifting it's full of early 2000s corporate grunge rock and it's just a bunch of character action shots there's no art to it yeah, this is this is so hyper dramatic. <laughs> um, it's and like I I love the melodrama of it. I love one of my favorite scenes. Even though I don't like the characters that much, is Yugi versus Kaiba on that precipice mm-hmm. where, like, it it is the most impossible situation. Yugi has managed to figure a way out of it, and it's awesome because it's like Karibo. You know, he's, 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 he was able to utilize a very weak card in an interesting way in order to turn the tables, which is exactly what you want your battle anime to do. He uses Mammoth Graveyard and a Living Arrow and a Polymerization, I just watched it, it's the best, to weaken <laughs> the strongest thing we've ever seen. These are very, very cool things. And then it kicks off with the melodrama, mm-hmm. where Kaiba is like, and I love the voice acting work on this one bit, where he's like, Yugi, it can't end this way. Just like, I don't accept failing as a possibility no like, one's ever told me it. no no one's ever told me no but like something Except about the it is just like board of directors that act as my parents something about it really sells like this desperation and willing to go to any lengths to win and yes. that fits with his whole you know i've lost my throne sort of sort of vibe to him and he stands on the edge of the tower and says if you attack i might fall to my death are you willing to risk that <laughs> and this kicks off like like half a dozen episodes where Yugi is kicking himself like why did I let the pharaoh possess me to like attack the guy I just managed to stop him in time am I evil is this bad is dueling bad I'll never the duel again the only cool thing about Yugi I've ever seen yeah but <laughs> the moment is so dramatic it's like the set piece is very you know mm-hmm. it's it's a hyper dramatic set piece Kaiba is risking his life 
and and just all the dialogue is is just dripping with this do you have what it takes to go that step yeah it's so hyper dramatic and i i love it and it's a nice inversion of what we've seen before because in every duel up to this point if it's fast the hero loses so that we can you know and and it's not a it's not a death blow if it takes mm-hmm. a while, the hero wins. This one's been going on longer than any other. You're like, Yugi's got this. He's going to win. He he forfeits. It's he a rivalry to. too. Like it's a percolating rivalry since the beginning of the show. It's we the know these guys are don't... diametrically opposed figures. They already have one. He Kaiba already has one loss under his belt. They've got this kind of frenemy thing from earlier in the arc, and they are constantly like kind of sniping at each other about their philosophies of gaming. It's Again, it's a it's a battle anime. It's a battle anime rivalry. They have set it up and they execute on it in a very very cool way. And it's one of the only duels where you 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 don't know what's going to happen at the end. It's so cool. <laughs> like I take it back. It is cool. Like I I don't want to be I don't want to be sweet, you know, I don't I don't want to have the moves put on me by this anime because I don't want to admit that I'm weak to it. But that is a very cool moment. <laughs> and and it's full of very cool moments. There's uh when when Yui and Joey actually fight each other is another cool kind of thing. Because like they know each other's tricks and they're kind of working around each other's yeah. you know, games and like that's that's also really cool. <laughs> I then, don't know. And then Joey plays the time wizard, which is like a card that Yugi gave him that's got him out of all kinds of binds, and it works. But Yugi's, like, cards take advantage of that, and he wins because Joey didn't know about this cool interaction. Right, right. And, it's like, and like one of my favorite moments in that thing, and we're just discussing beat by beat of a card battler anime, for fuck's sake. What if he becomes a... It's very... The fact that you can remember specific cards played at specific points in the duel shows you how good the back and forth, you know, battle style of this is. They, uh... The, my favorite moment is... When uh, Joey puts down the baby dragon and puts a face down card, and Yugi's like, "Oh, I know what that is. It's got to be the time wizard. I have to beat up the dra- baby dragon now before it grows up." And it's the kunai with chain. <laughs> so got him. Like he did. He did a cool double bluff, and that's exactly the kind of thing. Because that's that's Joey's strength is misdirection and trickery. Yeah. And Yugi's strength is mastery and like uh, you know, indomitable like a like a huge archive of knowledge. Yeah. So like. Man, it's just like the moments can be so cool if you let them be. If you don't worry about the fact that this card game makes no sense and is actually bad. And that they're way too dramatic for the moment that they're in. If you let that go, if you let it lead you by the hand and accept that this is just a battle anime where it's a blow-by-blow thing, where it's first this guy's on top and we have to figure out a clever way to get around it. If you let that be how you are imbibing the media, you will have a good time. And we should mention that, like, any plot beat that happens, they talk about it a few times. It's going to yes. happen. It's happening. That happened. It's so a this filler is a good, kind of thing. So this is a good show to do something else to, honestly. Like, you can play a game and watch this and or do your dishes and watch. Like, this is a good show for it. Yeah, I have this it will on in the tell background you when the important thing's happening because people start yelling. <laughs> I, sh- I should also mention that, like, maybe the show gets a lot of flack for, you know, um each move that gets played he's like i can't believe you played that card and like it it gets embellished right Mm -hmm. it gets dragged out that is not different from any battle anime yes if you're comparing this to what a card game anime should be you're going to be disappointed if you're comparing this to like dragon ball z where the battles were longer and less dynamic way better 
it, it is it this is a better anime i cannot believe it this is better than this is a better anime than dragon ball Z. how did we get here <laughs> and you can tell that there's a lot of influences like is specifically in the hair and kind of like the you know the 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 um the spectacle of it all mm-hmm. that is is kind of similar um but yeah, it, it's not a card like it, even even some uh, anime battle anime that I respect more, such mm-hmm. as Hajime no Ippo. A punch does not take five minutes to dissect. You know, it it slows down for the sake of like this isn't you're not watching a fight, you're watching a duel in the mind. I've got strengths, you've got other strengths. I am leveraging my advantages to get around yours. But in order for that mind game to read to the audience, you have to slow it down. Mm-hmm. So, yes, this can be a little ridiculous how long they're spending on a given play a card kind of move. But it isn't actually slow in the context of battle. Look at yeah. this through the prism of battle anime, and this is actually hitting a lot of high bars. And it's, it's just that it doesn't look like one. And it's slow in the places where it should be slow, in the planning and, like, figuring out and, like, second-guessing what they're going to do. In the actual, like, oh, I'm attacking and your thing's getting destroyed, that stuff's fast. That mm-hmm. stuff's nice and easy breezy. The one thing that I think is a weakness of the show is that um, you don't have really good context for ways that they can pull themselves out of situations. Mm-hmm. So, like, in, in any other battle anime, you've got Kuwabara. You know, he's got the spirit sword and he's tough. You know, basically, his his skill set. He's not going to suddenly shoot lasers from his belly button. You know, it's it's not uh, it's not a thing that could happen. Anything that he's going to do to get out of the situation has to be one of the, these verbs. Yep. So it's running away and lining up all his enemies and then using the laser sword. It's using his laser sword as a pole vault. Right. It's using his laser sword as a... a as a fly swatter, yeah, it's it's all sword related. They're all within the context of you yeah. already know what this character is capable of. They're going to leverage it in cool ways. The possibility with, space is inherently limited. Same with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, right? Um, season four, Josuke has the ability to rewind things that happen, right? Yep. Um, so you know inherently that that can be what what that can do. But he's going to use it in a tricksy way that is going to, like, he's going to say, I'm going to rewind the kinetic energy that attacked me so that it goes back to the source because I otherwise I can't figure out where you're, you're, where you are. Mm-hmm. It's all, like you said, it's limited to the character and what we've seen so far. Not true in Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> you know, like, uh, Yugi versus Mai at the, during, like, the final, final four confrontation thing. You know, he's playing cards that we've seen before. He can't quite break through her defenses. And he's yeah, like, she, I can she only... She knows his tricks, and she planned for what he would do, and you do mm. see a bit of that. And very, the thing that he nice. does in order to win is to play a card we've never seen before, doing a thing we've never seen before, and everyone seems to know that it's a big deal, but I have never seen it. Like, I could not... Yeah. I don't know his capabilities other than he's going to play something that's good. Yeah, it's a, it's a misstep. It's well it's it's maybe not a misstep it's just it's a weakness right it's it's not you can't Sherlock your like you're not you're kind of not playing with them you're you're at a sports stadium watching them play mm-hmm. but when you, when you're in a battle anime you kind of do know how like what they can do you kind of can play with them you're along for the ride this one you are very much in the passenger seat yeah and i don't know which one's better in general i just know this this style works better for this 
it, it does work better for this. I think that I prefer it when I know exactly what the character is capable of, because then you have that whole, I can only do a spirit sword, but I can leverage it in a cool way. Yeah, you I know, mean, that thing we, we were talking about before, attacking the moon, attacking the castle, that is the cool that I want from a battle anime. Using a card I've never seen to just get a better monster than they've seen before, not cool at all. Yeah, and like when he turns the spirit sword into a fly swatter, that's new. We don't see. You're it until fudging it, it a little him, bit, but, but it's still within it. It yeah, it's it's with it's a logical extension, and it shows growth. It doesn't show a Deus Ex Machina to get you out of the situation. It shows I am using what I have in a new way. I'm getting around my inherent limitations by being clever, mm-hmm. and that's that's battle anime to me. You know, I've got strengths and weaknesses. You've got more strength and fewer weaknesses, but I can be clever. Yeah. There are a few things I want to mention. Mm-hmm. One is that in this entire first arc, there's like two or three times when the show just stops to show us a music video. <laughs> okay, yeah. The the music video, there's a best friends thing before Joey and uh, before <laughs> and Joey Yugi, and right? Yugi duel. And then there's another uh, one where Kaiba breaks into his facility about a song about how, like, I worked my whole life, I'm going to make it. Yeah, it's it's half country music, his half country western kind of kind of soliloquy, half like Lincoln Park breakup song. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's there's just it's it's very of its time. It's so weird that it only happens a couple times though. I don't know, like, uh, maybe. Maybe there were some real bangers in the original Japanese, and they didn't know what to fill it in with. Mm-hmm. I actually don't know because I watched the dub because that was the version that's strongest to me. That's the one I have nostalgia for. Right, right. Um, it, it does look extremely out of place. The The nice thing about having a show that is so easy to make fun of is that it, it's not really a speed bump even. It's just like, yep, that's another crazy weird thing in this. <laughs> Um, just get, it gets lost in all the other nonsense that's in this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dialogue has some high highs and low lows. You know, they spend a lot of time just restating things about ancient Egypt that we don't have context for. But they also spend, there's just some really good, you know, uh, uh, lines, mostly from Joey. Yeah, Joey is, like, the dialogue, the translation on Joey's lines are so good. All of it is, again, it's just dripping with personality. Every time we see him, we're so excited. Mm-hmm. He draws this card during the Paradox Brothers uh, thing called copycat and you can see him thinking he's like oh copycat uh, copies one card the enemies played on the field and he goes he does like a bunch of cute little like i'm thinking hard and i don't have that much to work with up there kind of faces <laughs> and he goes like oh and then he does this smirk and he's like oh man i just got a really killer idea <laughs> oh man i just got a really killer idea yeah and in that accent dude like the, the good dialogue, localization <laughs> What, it's so the localization is so good and i don't feel like they necessarily did the same good a job as some of the other characters like tristan and taya barely existed for me um there's one part where they all turn into cards in this like dream battle and he mm-hmm. gets sent to the graveyard and he just has the dumbest voice and he's looking at the graveyard and he's like, according to this tombstone i'm dead no oh, no <laughs> yeah. yeah he's got a terrible voice um, one line that I loved was when they were like camping with Mai and she's like, I'm heading off to the castle. So I don't need all this extra food I brought. Cause I prepared cause I'm a goddamn professional. Not like you scrubs <laughs> who like tricked your way onto the boat. <laughs> they just and, wanted it hard enough. And Yugi's looking through all the food spread and he's like, 
look at all this food. Candy bars. And then Joey's like, dibs on the candy bars. Potato <laughs> chips, dibs on the chips. Canned fruit. <laughs> and then there's dead silence for canned fruit. Soda, dibs on the soda. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Joey, uh, I don't think we should cook the candy bar. Back off, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. He's just... What what an what a incredible uplifting performance that raised the whole show. It's I I, can't I don't know what the show is without him. I no me neither. I can't understate <laughs> how important he is. To, like he's not the only thing there, but it's it it brings like I hate to letter grade it because I think that's reductive, but it brings a like C to a B plus on its own. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. Just the voice acting. It's more than a full letter grade is is just him. Like when they're in that uh Bakura dreamscape nonsense nightmare shadow duel battle and he's looking up at the car at, at, at Yugi or excuse me, Yami. Um he, you know, is like, Are you sure you're okay? Nah, I'm pretty sure I went nuts, but I'm gonna roll with it. Nah. <laughs> Thanks, Joey. It's just so good. And, like, Pegasus has some real bangers, too. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's... Um, his his kind of, like... Uh, his over-the-top Phoenix Wright villain uh, fake defeat, like, oh, no, you found me out kind of thing. Like, where Kaiba does a clever thing and Pegasus just goes, oh, no, <laughs> I never thought you would play that card. <laughs> so uh. flamboyant. At one point, he plays Toon World, and like a Toon version of like a rabbit or a rabbit comes out and like starts whispering to him, the person playing the card. And he's like, yeah. Uh huh. Oh, what? What do you think? Are you sure I should do that? <laughs> well, all right then. <laughs> it's really wild. Yeah, and and and, like, and and I love that Kaiba like is pissed off the whole time. Are you gonna duel? Are you gonna watch yeah. cartoons? Because he's an edge lord. Like yeah. another point when uh, when when Joey battles like Rex Raptor or whatever, and he comes out of it, and he's like Tristan helped him out somehow, and he's like coming at you, bro. Give me some skin, like verbatim. <laughs> that is the localization that they went with, and it's beautiful. <laughs> there, I'd like to imagine that there were like a bunch of suits and like one incredibly creative person at for kids entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that they just hired someone who was walking around the, like the Jersey Shore or something, or like just walking through the Brooklyn subways. Like, hey, Gabagoo, what you want? What you talking about? It's like, uh, he excuse me, sir. This character. Excuse me, sir. Uh, we're going to show you a scene with no dialogue. Could you just could you just voice what this guy's thinking? <laughs> just lip sync for this. My sister Serenity. <laughs> I gotta gotta fix her eyesight. We don't have free health care in the United States where we live. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the localization is incredible, and it works so well with one of the extra bits uh, of this. Because so I've got a couple extra things. If you're mm. okay, kind of yeah, leading please. the wrap up territory. Yeah. There's a couple memes that I find necessary to point out. The first of which works incredibly well with the Brooklyn accent idiot translation that they went with, which is beautiful, (laughs) which is the Joey creepy chin meme. Yeah, why why did they focus on this? I don't remember when it first happened, but I remember being like punched out of my chair when I saw (laughs) Yugi did something clever. And Taya's like, he won! And then Joey and Tristan both flex and move together in unison with this creepy pointy chin yeah. where the mouth is all shrunken. And He's the like, oh, I'm a little shit, aren't I? And they're like, you! <laughs> and they're just flexing and doing this creepy smile. Everyone look this meme up because it's... It it, it it didn't wasn't popular at the time, but like around 2014, there was a huge resurgence <laughs> of 
this meme showing up in a bunch of different places. Mm -hmm. Like, if you look on the Know Your Meme page, you see it just applied to a bunch of different anime, and it's amazing looking. <laughs> I don't know why people latched on so hard to it. I think it was just, like, the appreciation that this, uh, that this anime looks ridiculous. Yep. Um, another, uh, internet love thing is that this show had a popular abridged series on YouTube by creator Little Karibo. Um, there's a poster promoting his website that reads, so good YouTube banned it twice. Um, <laughs> and it's, I, uh, it's rough around the edges. It's childish. It was made in 2009, but it, it can be charming. I really like it, actually. Like, I, I actually only watched the first episode. I'm probably going to watch more of it because I'm interested at the things that they will point out. Like, the, the first time that Joey is, like, playing cards with Yugi in school, and uh, he's like, Earth to Joey, your turn. And Joey's like, sorry, I was focused so hard on maintaining this incredible Brooklyn accent that I forgot we were playing cards. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, Kaiba is, like, you know, he's just there, and he points out, like, uh, you know, despite being a billionaire child who goes to a public school, I have nothing better to do than listen in on this guy's conversation. <laughs> like, it's just, it's very self-aware. Yeah, the, yeah point, pointing out the weird things about this show in a derogatory, like, like in a demeaning manner, is also quite fun, as is, like, talking about how good certain aspects of it are. I, I have no, like, it, it's interesting to be of the perspective of I have unironic love for this show, but also do not think, cannot put it on a pedestal beyond reproach. Yeah, you, you like to see it taking the piss occasionally. Absolutely. All the time. Regularly. <laughs> Constantly. Yeah, it's, uh, so, like, I don't put it on a pedestal. I don't think that it's anything to be cherished. I don't have a great love of abridged series in general. Like, I tried watching the Helsing one. I think it's not that good. Mm -hmm. I've seen Dragon Ball ones. I don't think it's that good. Like, I think it's the juggernaut bitch thing that really... I think the Yu Yu Hakusho one's pretty good, mostly because the, the guy who does the voices for um, Yusuke and Kurabara are, like, spot on. Yeah, yeah, the whole let me beat up the... I, get out of here with your damn glamour shot. I still haven't roughed up the corpse. <laughs> Some good dialogue. <laughs> yeah, the, again, leaning into the translation is... Yeah is just a winner for yeah. something that is this self-serious. Because that's the other thing, is this show is so self-serious. It's so up its own ass. Mm -hmm. Can, I, I didn't mention it, and I want to kind of go into it in a little detail before we totally wrap up, because we totally neglected the whole Egypt thing. I mean, I tried to talk about it occasionally, but I think you, I, th I think I agree with you that it's not the best part of this. I'm just kind of a... I'm interested why that is the culture that they latched onto. Ancient mysteries, mysterious artifacts, foreign lands, you know. I suppose so. I suppose. Like, it, it seems consistent enough to be uh, concerning. Like, I, I feel like there's a specific thing that they're trying to evoke that I don't understand. I think almost. if you are going to, you know, you, you see this in America sometimes where you'll take a, a foreign land and you'll make it mystical. If you're doing it from Japan, you need to do it with a civilization that's older than Japan. That makes sense. The the ancient part of it, I guess, is the thing that so, they're that they're doing there. Yeah. So you know, there's there's ancient art. They got dragons, of legend, but they like got, uh, they got Celtic guardian. That all is you know. Yeah, cause, I, cause, I, I guess it's pretty consistent. Because we could do like, oh, this ancient relic from King Arthur's time, which is like you know 400 CE, and Japan's how old? I don't know. Yeah, no one knows. So as like far Egypt, as I can, Egypt, there's there's been plus you there's need no, to be able to there's been no anime origin myth to Japan so how would I know it 
Plus, you need to be able to refer to like the pharaohs or like these powerful people by a title that hasn't been used in Japan. You can't use emperor. You can't use king. Uh, yeah. Pharaoh and Caesar are kind of all that's left. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I don't necessarily fault the decision. I just I find it less interesting. It, the, the, the show pulls itself in two directions. One is modern metropolis where we have all this crazy technology. The other is ancient Egypt, where we have all these mystical artifacts. It's sort of like a Magitech situation, almost. Like, where He-Man would have both modern tank and also mystical sword. So it it is kind of cleaving to a history that Shonen has with... These are the two cool things that can happen. You got Gundam and you got fantasy. Yeah. Um, and, and synthesizing the two of them, I think it was too, too, big a, 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 too big a challenge for this to handle. I don't. I think they're just throwing in everything that middle school boys like, and I don't. That is. I don't think that was a true. bad decision. No, no, it clearly worked. Look, it for whatever misgivings I have about the design philosophy of this show, it was clearly a correct marketing decision. Mm-hmm. And and let's lead into wrap up. Like I think that this show, while placating to a type of audience that does not really earn my attentions that often that i don't think is i think i don't think this is good creative product in general mm-hmm. i don't think that's a good philosophy to design your shows in general like it it leads to a bunch of stuff like uh that i that i don't think is all that strong creatively speaking but something about the translation of this and something about the fact that we can view the martial arts anime the battler anime through this it's it's a new twist on an old favorite, and somehow they balance the scale scales well enough where it just reads. I liked it at 13 for one reason. I like it now for another reason. I think that middle bit of my life, this would have slid right off me. <laughs> I think I like this more now than I did at 13. Mm-hmm. Maybe just because I can occupy myself with, like, Hearthstone while I'm watching it, but, like, <laughs> you know, so I don't have to focus on it that hard. You're like, oh, um, I need this next card. Come on, Yugi, rub off on me. Yeah, I, I, I had a, I had fun as hell watching this show. I, that's, I couldn't believe that's incredible. it. I was like, I'm thirty episodes. In. When did this happen? <laughs> yeah, like, what was it? Because, like, what did you come to this show expecting? Because I expected to like it in the ultimate muscle fighting Fudons kind of way of like, oh, this is gonna be. This is, you know, this is going to be my punching bag, and that's how I'm going to enjoy this. I had gone back to the first episode like a year before this, uh, and I wa- and I watched it. And I'm like, oh, this is dumb and bad. Probably first because it is dumb and bad. Yeah, right. Because it, it's trying to make it. It's all serious, right? It's all serious. There's no adventure yet. Hmm. Um. So yeah, I, I I think you do have to give it a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Trust that not all of these kids that enjoy this are dumb. Trust in the heart of the cards. You might say that you have to trust in the heart of the cards, Yugi. <laughs> yeah, there, there are a lot of like roadblocks to getting you to enjoy this show. If you can set all of all of the parts of your brain that are trying to reduce it logically, you will you will enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And if I'm, I'm incredibly Joey. happy coming back to this. <laughs> like <laughs> this knocked my socks off. Yeah. Yeah. The, so Zane, thank thank me for bringing this to you. I will not. Okay, that, that that's fair, man. Hey, man, that's how you doing. What no is... sweat, no skin. Hey, kabaku, <laughs> kapako, salam. Give me that cilantro. Um, I don't know how to do a Brooklyn accent. This is the best I got, guys. Just go <laughs> listen to the intro again. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you for joining us for our dissection of Yu-Gi-Oh. I think it is good that we checked out a card battler, since I think that that's 
maybe not on the rise, but it's definitely a variant of the battle anime that I wanted to dissect, and I'm mm-hmm. glad we did. Yeah, it had a lot to show us mm-hmm. about ourselves. I would, I would be interested doing a legit gambling anime at some point, but that skews a little bit more adult, and I just was in the mood for something light, and this is this is deep. You're welcome to talk light. about kaiji with somebody with a stronger stomach. <laughs> yeah, that someone's going to require a real Or we can talk about Death that. Parade and get that great intro music in there. That is an incredible intro. Um, anyway, Zane, what are we doing next? Next up, we are going to be watching Ace Ventura Pet Detective, the animated series, or best equivalent, because I'm having a little bit of trouble finding episodes online. I'll do my best. All right, we, all right. We might replace it with something equally dumb and bad. In any case, uh, yeah. Uh, and how about after that? After that, uh, we're going to go back to a less um, uh, uh, a less uh, abrasive, uh, you know, title. We're going to go back to something that I, I vaguely recall was floating around in like the mid two thousands, late two thousands, but I never actually checked out. It sort of bounced off me. The title didn't seem cool, but I, I've heard people give it fairly positive reception, and I'm interested to find out why. We're going to watch my life as a teenage robot. Yeah, this is one that passed me by. It was a little past my 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 prime cartoon watching days, but uh, I've definitely heard positive things from the internet. But although that's probably you know that's probably more porn again. I hope so. I mean, like uh, <laughs> I do know <laughs> that's got that back a little bit. <laughs> uh, I, I do know that it's got Candy Milo as uh, one of the voice actresses, so I'm I'm mm. excited to check it out. Yeah, because because uh, she was very good in Tiny Teen Adventures. Yeah, and then um, after yeah. that, we uh, it's going to be that time of year for the Cartoni Awards once again. So if you have a suggestion for what we are going to talk about at the 6th, 6th. Oh, oh Zane, let, uh, come on, step off. This is my job. <laughs> if you want to talk about Ben's job, job. <laughs> uh, so if you want to go to the cartoncast.com or fancybat.com and drop us a comment on the sixth annual cartoni awards we are accepting suggestions for things to talk about uh we've already got suggestions um and we're going to definitely try to incorporate them into the episode we have had a slow year you know uh quarantine has kind of kind of ruined our rhythm a little bit and even before that i was having a rough rough go of it (laughs) but we are uh we're excited to wrap up the year and uh you you know if you have anything to say about any of the shows or if you have any categories that you want to give us to talk about like who would be the best batman or which jersey accent accent in these shows was the best anything like that things that we can rank and uh and discuss on mic then, uh, then let us know. You can also go to our Facebook page or uh, go to Apple Podcasts uh, to uh, give us a rating or review if you like the show. And more than anything else, please tell your friends about the show. Mm-hmm. And tell your friends about the heart of the cards before they get abducted by some weird Egyptian uh, you know, pharaoh. Tell your friends about the heart of the cards before somebody comes along and says, Hey, you Galumba, what you doing there? How about it? How about you? What's going on? How you want to get a sandwich? <laughs> Get a lot of, a lot of mileage out of that. Get a load of this guy. <laughs> <laughs>